Hello and welcome to or welcome back to the Fun Filtered Podcast. I am Sam and I am joined as ever by Jordan. Hello. Hello. How you doing? I'm alright. It's episode 50. Uh, yeah. <laughs> False enthusiasm. No, no, no. I was like, I just realised I didn't bring one of those like... Yeah, okay. I should have brought one of those. What are they called? Party, not poppers. They're the I was going to say poopers. They're not, they're not party, party poopers. poopers. Just party horns? horns. Yeah, party horns. I thought it was like a, a party horn is more like a traditional, like a trumpet thing. It's a got, trumpet? It's got like a trumpet thing at the end. No, that... The what, trump, what's, what are they called? The trumpet holes. What are trumpet holes called? Yeah. Uh, trumbles? Tr- <laughs> <laughs> those big, like, they look like funnels on the end of a trumpet yeah. that the noise comes out of. Yeah, I don't know what they call apertures. I don't know what they call. Yeah, okay, a party aperture. A par- <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I forgot to bring no, my well, party aperture. But no, well, you're thinking of the thing that extends when you blow air into yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's not like a trumpet, is it? No, that's what I'm saying. I I thought a party horn right looked like a trumpet. What are you picturing when you think of a party horn? A small multicolored trumpet. A trumpet. Yes. Take out all of like the mechanisms and piping. It's yeah. it's just the it's like a stick. Right. With the, with the aperture on the end. The trumpet aperture. Oh, you mean like, um... Oh, what are they called? Like in medieval times, like the, the, the war cry thing, like... Sure. What are they called? A bit like those, yeah. What are they called? I don't know. Are they trumpets? <laughs> not fog horns. No, not fog horns. Something horns. Not French horns. Not war horns. No. <laughs> Let's list all of the horns that's not. <laughs> By process of elimination, we might find the right horn. Oh, they're... Not a tricorn, that's a hat. Yes. I don't know. And not Doesn't a horn, because that's just a horn. It could be like on an animal. Yeah. Like on a rhinoceros. On a rhinoceros. Um, or a Viking's helmet. Yeah. It could be a, an abbreviated form of horniness or horny. I've got, got, got the horn. Yeah, I'm a bit horn right now. No, no I don't like that. <laughs> um, how, how are you doing today, George? A bit horn, if I'm honest. A bit horn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's who, who, would be, who would be speaking to me? That that would be my response. Just a, bu- a bugle. Is that what they call? I'd be talking to a bugle. No, no, no. Uh, the war horn. Bugles. Is that what they call? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe it's a bugle. It's like in Shrek. <laughs> yeah. Again, though, doesn't it, isn't a bugle basically a small trumpet? It's got the valves and everything th- in the middle. It might do. Okay. I don't know if it's just that long straight. Yeah, yeah, the stick, basically. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right, what, what were you saying? What do you call what? Yeah. No. <laughs> I said to you, yeah. who would I be talking to? Yeah. That I would say, oh, I'm a bit horned, to be honest, in that kind of casual... In a casual way. Yeah. Well, you, you wouldn't And then your response that. was a bugle. So I'm assuming that, uh, okay. like, we... we yeah. yeah. We well, stopped that conversation, now we're turning to it. You wouldn't even say that to me, so I think that means nobody, right? Okay. But I must be saying it to someone, because I just said it. Yeah, but you said it in a theoretical, hypothetical context. Yes, but in, in that hypothetical... Yeah. I'm going to be talking to someone, right? Well, who are you picturing when you... In your hypothetical, I was—I was just picturing a person asking me how I was, but like they didn't have any features. Yeah, were they male or female? No, they were just—they were just a thing, an entity, a, you, a, a human-shaped, you know. But there's usually like a physical, a biological dimension to it, isn't it? Well, they look like, like a human. A, after yeah, but all. if I picture a character, like a you know, and it's a man, mm. it'll be like a man's figure, but the face is kind of blank. Yeah, uh, but maybe some hair. You know what I mean? Okay. Well, it just looked like a like a five foot ten. So probably a man. Slimish then. man. Okay. All right. So it was a man. But it might not necessarily be a man, because I feel like if I were to say, "Oh, I'm a bit horned," to be honest, yeah. in that kind of flippant, I don't think I would say that to a partner. But we'll never know. We'll never know. 
Never ever will well, we if, know. If anyone, a partner, because like I said, you wouldn't say it to me. Mm. And I'd like to think that if, I don't know, if you were to feel comfortable enough around a friend to say that, mm. it would be me probably. Yeah. So if not me, not your family, obviously. No, of course not, no. So yeah, only a partner, surely. But again, with a partner though, there's that, because I'm saying it in that kind of like, oh, there's nothing I can do about it. Okay. Whereas with a partner, obviously consent and all that. But, but like, so the, 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 I could do something about that with a partner. So why would I say it in that kind of like, oh, what are you going to do? Because that just comes across, like, I come across as a dick in that situation. Where it's like, oh, I'm horny, but, you know, it's not like you could do anything about well, that. Well, you've added context. I mean, that sounded sarcastic. Yeah. But you, it wasn't sarcastic before. It was, there was just a bit No, dejected. what I'm saying is that, like, the way that I originally delivered it mm. stands. Right. What I'm saying is that to a partner, mm. that's how it might come across. Deliver it. Deliver it as you would deliver it, as you delivered it the first time. I think I said it like, oh, I'm a bit horned, to be honest. That just seems or, like... Oh, I'm a bit horned right now. That's just... It seems like another way of saying fancy a bit, love. That, I mean, that like, part, you know, like, yes, okay, sex can just naturally unfold. Mm. But it is often the case, like, do you want to? Yeah, but again, that sounds like, that's incredibly dickish because it's not like, you know... What, do you want to have sex? Well, that's the thing. It's not a proposition. It's not like, a, you know, oh, I'm kind of in the mood. Are you in the mood? It's like, oh, I'm a bit horny. What are you going to do about it? But it's just casual, it? isn't it? It's like... Yeah, but that's... No, like, no, like, but you're adding the what are you going to do about no, it? No, I'm... Again, I'm saying, like, is this how I'm coming across to my no. partner? Is this how my partner is interpreting these words? Well, I don't know. Because I, I, I am not your partner. No. Let's specify that. No, we know this. podcast, yeah. We know this. Yeah. That should be enough. Yes. But we know this. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like, wouldn't that, well, yeah, why would I say, oh, it would all depend on the delivery, the way you've been delivering it. I yeah. don't think that's like, I don't know I, I, how, do it again. Do it one more time. Oh, I'd be horned to be honest. It just sounds, sounds like nothing. It's just, you're just saying it. It's kind of, I don't know. You had a similar energy to, um, oh, not so great if I'm honest. Okay. You, you kind of, it's like, how are you doing? It's like, ah, oh, not great. Just kind of in that kind of like, you know. You don't have to... I don't expect you to in- inquire further. Just know that I'm not at my best right now. <laughs> you're reading too much into your own delivery. <laughs> because you're not reading into it. Because I was like, read into this for me, Sam. And you were just no. like, oh, I don't know. So it, I've, it I'm having to do on, it for me. It depends me. entirely on delivery. But the way you've been delivering it mm. doesn't suggest what I think you think it suggests. Okay. Well, I don't think it suggests... Like, I know that it's casual. It's casual. Yeah. And not much else. It's just kind of like... it's You're just saying it. Like, it's flippant. The delivery, it's so flippant. It's as though it's being delivered to a stranger. But this is not something you would say to a stranger. A stranger? Well, it's just like, yeah. If, if you were to, like... A stranger that you would have a reason to interact with. Like somebody at the shop or somebody, you know... Like somebody you work with. Or just kind of like, you know... Oh, how are you doing today? It's like, I don't know you, but you. But I feel like I, I'm I going would, to have to give you an answer now. But I feel like that's the tone I would have if you asked me or if another friend asked me. Like, if I, if I was to say to you or a friend I was feeling horny, mm. and they said, how are you doing today? Go, oh, a bit horny, to be honest. bit horn. Yeah, but let's just no, add Let's horny. not forget the bit that this Yeah, yeah, but from. let's add horny just to make it crystal clear. Okay. bit horny, to be honest. No, one more time. <laughs> how are you feeling today, Sam? Ah, oh, a bit horny, to be honest. That would be like to a friend, mm. the casualness would I think generate laughter. Okay. You're saying something like that in such a blase. I don't it, Well, it had an air of like, yeah, it kind of had an air of like, ah, oh, I'm slightly 
I'm slightly upset by this. Well, you would be if you were horny, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> you would be slightly upset if you had no outlet for it. Mm. But I don't know. If you, if you just turned to a partner and went, oh, a bit horned, to be honest, it would either just be like, yeah, you're having a laugh, son. Yeah. Or, all right, then. <laughs> I don't think they would go like, how dare you? No, well, that's what that was part of my question. Right. Okay. But all like you I had say, to it's say. All, it's all dependent on delivery. And the way you were delivering it, yeah. I don't think would, wouldn't would be read in any negative way. Okay. Okay. All right. So I, so I would, if I were to say it to anyone, mm. it would be a partner. Either a partner or me. But because you don't say it to me, mm. then yes, only a partner. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> and the partner would not be, they would either be not okay with what I said, or they would be. But them being not okay with it, not in a... Look, it depends on delivery. It depends on who the partner is. Mm. If your partner's like a very serious... Either a very serious person or a very feminist person. Mm. Yeah, it's probably not going to go over greatly. Yeah. But most like normal down-to-earth women in a proper relationship. Mm. God, I'm feeling a bit horny. They're either going to go, yeah, all right, sod off. Not happening. Yeah. In a a similarly casual way. Mm. Or, all right, let's have a pop. Mm. I don't see many going, what, how, how could you say that to me? Unless they're a feminist. Right, okay. And when you have to, like, write a letter. <laughs> beseeching. <laughs> a statement of intent beseeching. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, the approval. It has been seven moons since our mm. last dalliance. <laughs> yes, exactly. Since our last conjugation. <laughs> yes. I yearn for more. <laughs> With every fiber of my being. Please consent. Yes. And then send it off with a raven. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if uh, raven goes with feminist. What goes with feminist? What bird goes with feminist? Well, Tumblr. Tumblr's not a bird. No, no, but in terms of like... uh, A Twitter bird, though. The Twitter bird, yeah, I suppose. Is that a robin? I don't know what it is. It's blue, but I don't know if the bird that it's actually based on is blue. It might just be a robin. I don't know. Okay. If you're talking about um, method of delivery... Hmm. Uh, then, yeah, Tumblr. Raven Tumblr. If you're asking about what bird would represent a feminist. Okay, yeah. I mean, I, I thought bird because, obviously, like you said, message by raven or owl yeah, yeah. or messenger pigeon. But a method of communication. But I suppose just, like, what's the most feminist animal? What animal would you, like... If you Animal. Could, yeah, if you could, like, train at one animal... To deliver a message to, to a feminist. To deliver a message to a feminist, <laughs> what animal would it be? Something gelded. Okay. <laughs> Something gelded. Uh, a donkey. A gelded donkey. A gelded donkey, yeah. Because they're, they're intrinsically kind of funny creatures. How do you distinguish between a gelded donkey and your, your garden variety vanilla donkeys? Vanilla donkeys. Yeah. Um, What's the key distinction there? Or oh, if I'm looking at two donkeys, yeah. and I know that one of them is gelded, yeah. I what think, am I looking for to determine the gelded one? I don't think a gelded... Well, what you're looking for is the lack of nuts. But right. I don't think a gelded donkey braise... I think a gallant donkey would just go... <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's like a proper donkey. Yeah. A gallant donkey would just go... <laughs> it's just like soft weeping. Yeah, softly weeping. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you would use to deliver a message. Okay. Uh, to a I think. Yeah. To represent your shattered manhood. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the most appropriate, right? Okay. Can you think of another one? Um... Well, if you're going down the gelded route, then basically any animal. Yeah, anything that's been castrated or... In which case, would you, would you pick the animal that's got the most to lose from castration to, like, really hammer home the point? A fall of masculinity. 
either yeah, it's like a either lion. just like the biggest animal you can find. Yeah. So the it's the biggest nuts are being removed. Mm. Or, yeah, the most masculine of animals. What is the most masculine animal? I mean, a gorilla springs to mind. A gorilla's up there. A rhinoceros is up there. Yes, rhinos are very manly. Y- yeah. Yeah. Maybe a rhino. Because I think a gorilla, just it's too close. <laughs> it's too close to home. It's this too- this this bit stop, stops being funny. Yeah. When you talk about castrating gorillas. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's oh, too no. real. Yeah. Yeah, no, I can't do that to a gorilla. Okay. So, yeah, a de-bollocked rhino. Right. <laughs> it's horn as well. Oh, yeah. Because... Yeah, yeah, ivory. Yeah, the irony yeah. of, like, I'm horny and I'm sending yeah. a message via this horned animal. Exactly. Which can do nothing about... Right. It's perpetual yeah. horniness. Right. Exactly. Yes. What sound does a rhino make? <laughs> so it, it just bumps into something, right? But it, it must make a sound. Oh, God. It's like, <laughs> like, like, yeah. I have no idea. Maybe he doesn't speak. Maybe he doesn't need to speak. Mm. Not speak, but you know. <laughs> no, rhinos definitely don't speak. No, they definitely don't speak. Yeah. Yeah. You just you go up to Gil, the rhino, what's he doing? <laughs> <laughs> like, he sounds quite a feat. <laughs> what's he doing? Get away! Um, Gareth! <laughs> Get him off me! <laughs> okay, so a dehorned, debollocked rhino yeah. is the animal that you would is, use to, to, to deliver a message. The animal feminist. of feminism, yeah. Okay, good. Okay, I'm glad we got that off the table. Good, yeah. Um, it's episode fifty. It's episode fifty. Yes. Yeah. We tried, didn't we? We <laughs> we gave it a go. Yeah. We tried to make it special. Yeah. The plan was we were going to get drunk. Mm-hmm. We brought on a friend. Yeah. A friend that we thought, oh, we like this friend. Yeah. He has some history with the podcast. He has some history with the podcast that we're not going to disclose no. because... In case he ha, appears ha, ha, on a future ha, ha, episode. Ha. Well, just in case he appears on a future episode. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we all got drunk. We mm. all started recording. And four hours later, nothing had happened. So we stopped. No, it was just a mess. Yeah. A total mess. Yeah. Four and a half hours. It turns out that recording drunk... Mm. Isn't the instant win that you would think? I don't think that was the problem necessarily. I think it was just... That was part of it. Hmm. But the things that we were doing to make it special don't work in a purely audio context. I think that was part of it as well. Yeah. yeah. I think there was a point where we started playing... Um, a quiz that we invented. Yeah, like, like a variation of a quiz that we've invented. Yeah. And yeah, we kind of realised very quickly, yeah, this doesn't really translate to audio that well. No. Like, we really enjoyed ourselves. Yes. But no one else would. No. I don't think. And far, you know, just in case you think we don't have standards, we, <laughs> we have enough standards yes. that we can go, well, that was a fun four hours, but this has no value to anyone. Yes. Other than us. Absolutely. So we're just not going to release that one. We're not going to do it. No. Yeah, but we did try. We tried to make it yeah, a we tried bit to different. we tried to make it an event. We tried to make yeah. it an occasion. We tried to make it different. This is a lesson we've learned long ago. Mm. Don't try and be spontaneous. Don't try and be well, different. No, I mean spont- spontaneity is okay. I think it's just um, I brought up Ben Shapiro on that recording that no one will ever hear about. You know, when they reached their thousandth episode, mm. he basically said, "My staff really care. I don't. We're just going to plod on as normal." Right, and I really respected that, especially for the thousandth. Mm. But, you know, we kind of fetishize our own content a little bit. And, you know, it's 50. We have to do something special. Uh, But I was torn between that and the, let's just not do anything. Let's just crack on as normal. Yeah. Um, So we tried doing the special thing. We tried doing the special. And it failed miserably. And it failed. So So now we're just going to crack on as normal. We're just plodding on as normal. Yeah. Including 
waiting, what, quarter of an hour to do the coming up? Mm-hmm. So shall we just do that now? Let's do it now. Okay. Coming up on today's episode. Scott Cawthon, Five Nights at Freddy's, and Children's Eateries. We talk about John Stewart's appearance on Stephen Colbert. Basecamp's trend-setting policy? We talk about Rugrats and the Rugrats reboot. We get a special guest on the line. And we review Freaky. Well, okay, should we start with one of your areas of discourse? Go on. Uh, I believe the gentleman's name is Scott Cawthon. Oh, yes, okay. Uh, so this is a thing that's been happening recently. Tell the story. Um, you are familiar with Five Nights at Freddy's at the very I'm least, I'm familiar you? with it, yes. Yes. Are you, did, were you aware of the fact that Scott Cawthon is the creator no. of Five Nights at Freddy's? Okay. It's probably an indication of like how much you know about Five Nights at Freddy's. I know... Um, okay, so my cousin, who I guess is now 12-ish... Hmm. Uh, he's obsessed with it. Hmm. But he's never played it. Okay. Like I think there's a sub, there's a community on YouTube where people just watch. Yeah. Animations of it. So he's kind of familiar with the law, hmm. and he he loves drawing the characters, and he knows it's a scary game that he's not allowed to play. Right. Okay. But he's obsessed with it, so I was kind of aware of it, and I knew that it was set in like a um, Chuck E. Cheese yeah style restaurant. Uh, but that's it. Yes. Yeah. Well, I would say that Scott Cawthon is probably as big a character. Mm. of Five Nights at Freddy's than anyone actually in the games. Okay. He is, I think, basically the first, until Help Wanted, which was a VR game that came out maybe two years ago now, Mm. he basically developed every game on his own. Right. They're not, you know, they're not the most difficult games in the world to develop because most of them are basically just a series of still images. Mm. And then when the jump scare happens, you get you see the 3D model of the animatronic right. for like a couple of seconds. Okay. But yeah, he did all of the development. He built all of the models. He did all of the voice acting. I think his children were the play testers. Oh, right. Okay. It was a proper like homegrown production. Yeah. And the story of Scott Cawthon is... a bit of a gaming auteur, is he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's another thing as well. That's sort of... Um, another reason that he kind of stands out amongst the pack is that... One of, like, we've had conversations before, I don't know specifically on the podcast, but just mm-hmm. in general about our video games art. Where do they fall on the spectrum of art? Yes. And I think one of the general points against video games being considered art is that they don't typically have auteurs. Yeah. You have a couple, like Hideo Kojima. Yeah, he's the one that springs to mind. Yeah, like Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. And, like, he's, the, he's done that. And you've got Suda 5-1, I think, is another one where he does, like, these bizarre Japanese right. style games. And there's other ones as well that. that um, Who did, um,. Shadow of the Colossus who did that oh what's his name I mean that's uh, that's an instance where the studio is sort of taking on the role the of the studio Alter. yeah because they did a game after that that was also well they've done three that. yeah yeah they've done three uh, Eco Eco yeah that's one. Shadow of the Colossus and The Last Guardian and they're all highly acclaimed they're all highly acclaimed okay. they're all basically set in the same world they've all got very similar tones okay there is a guy, one specific guy, I think, who was sort of the, the father of those three games. Okay, but it's more like Pixar or A24. Yeah, kind of the, like that. Yeah, you, which, okay. yeah, it's more common in video games to have that, where, like, the studio is sort okay. of the audit. Okay. Um, Devolver Digital's a perfect example. Like, every Devolver yeah. Digital game that comes out. Uh, Valve? Valve, yeah. yeah. Valve are a yeah. good example. But yeah, every Devolver Digital game that comes out, they're kind of these, like, high-octane, pixel-animated right. games that sort of have this kind of, like, VHS aesthetic to them. Okay. Retro 80s music, very kind of anarchic sense of humour, right. all very similar in style and tone. Um, but yeah, Scott Cawthon is one of the rare examples of like a, a straight up solo auteur mm-hmm. in the video game world. And I think because he developed the games by himself, that's how he sort of became such a 
so integrated into them because like yeah as you pointed out like there are a large portion of Five Nights and Freddy's fans and just people in, who engage in the franchise in general mm-hmm. who've never played a single game mm-hmm. I'm one of those people I wouldn't consider myself in the community yeah I've never played a single game but I do follow the discussion around those games well they're, they're iconographic aren't they I think is what helps like they have I think because of the nature of the animatronics mm. they ha- they're instantly iconic in a way oh yeah 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 like it's because because it, it's small as well yeah. yeah. And in a way that's kind of like, I've never been to Chuck E. Cheese. I think I've, I've been to restaurants where they've had... We've been to those, like the UK equivalents. Yeah, like besuited um, um Bru- Brewster Bear? Brewster, Brewster Bear. Bear. Brewster Bear used to terrify me. <laughs> Did it? Okay. Yeah. Well, if, if Brewster Bear came around to say hello, I would hide under the table. <laughs> or I would make sure that I was in the play area if I knew yeah. that he was on patrol. So that I could just hide in the ball pit or something. <laughs> that's kind of like the UK equivalent, isn't it? We have those... um old warehouses that have been converted to these children's adventure yeah. playgrounds things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Used to love those places. Yeah. Not the mascots yeah. that roamed. I, did, I wasn't I don't a think huge I fan of those. I really had a problem with mascots. Just the sense that they weren't for me. Right. Like I knew what they were. Mm. You know what I mean? I kind of like, I was. I don't think I was ever scared of, I was scared of everything. Mm. But I was never scared of mascots. It was just like, I have no interest in what, you want to take a picture of me? Like who are you? <laughs> <laughs> like what is this? What, are you trying to steal yeah. my bank details? <laughs> I'm not you, you fucking bear. Fishing <laughs> for my personal info. <laughs> yeah, Bruce the Bear. I just remember, like, the um, the logo. Yes. The emblem for it. Yeah, and I remember there was one restaurant in particular, mm. a Bruce the Bear chain restaurant that we went to, yeah. where there was a machine that had a Monsters, Inc. video game. Oh, right. Um, always in the corner. And I never played it for whatever reason. I would just right. watch the... You know, they usually have, like, the demo... Yes. playing where it's like just yeah. an example of someone playing the level I'd watch those but I'd never play it when I was a child um, when we used to go on holiday usually from Bristol I think mm. there was a House of the Dead um, arcade game oh, right, House of yeah. Dead 2 I think it was Okay, and that I remember like every time we went on holiday I would fixate on that because it would terrify me yeah um, what's the name of the, the famous zombie is there like the, the one famous zombie from the House of the Dead franchise. He's got, like, hatchets, right? I th- He's got, like, slick-backed hair, like, really thin, slick-backed hair. Oh, I don't know. Uh, he's the one that was always in, like, the demos. Yeah. Um, I know there is, like, a a sort of mascot zombie, if you will. Yeah. It might not be name. him, but, yeah, this would have been, like, late 90s. It's not Wicked 90s. K, because that's Darksiders. I can't remember his name. But I think that's what childhood is, right? A lot of the time. It's like you go, you keep going to these same places mm. and there's this thing or game off in the corner that you never, ever play. Yeah. You just look at it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's kind of like, it's always connected with that place, mm. but you never actually experience Maybe it. that's part of it. Maybe that's part of the reason why I never played the Monsters, Inc. game. It's like, well, mm. that's the game I don't play. Right. Because I've never played it. Yeah. So I just don't play it. It's just furniture. Yeah, that's yeah. the rule. Yeah. <laughs> Almost. You go to this place, you're scared of the bear, and you don't play the video game. That's yes. what that place is to you. <laughs> Those places are pretty much dead by now, right? I don't think ra- I they do the mascot thing anymore. I don't know. I mean, I suppose it's just been out of our esh- like out of our fiat frame of reference for such a long time. It has. We wouldn't know. But like every Bruce the Bear restaurant that I've known has turned into something else. And there was like okay. a soft play center near where I live that's long since gone. So I think places like that... I suppose the grim reality is screens. Maybe. When you go to a restaurant, kids are just on tablets. Is it that or is it like a health and safety thing? It's like, I, oh, we can't allow our kids to climb two stories on this climbing frame. No, because there are places like that still around. There's one in, um, it's called the Red something. The Red Door? The Red Door, what's that? Oh, it's a community reference. Oh, okay. L Street. 
Oh, right, yeah. Um, I just spoiled that episode for people. <laughs> <laughs> they won't know that I spoiled it, but I just did, I did just spoil it for you. They'll, Sorry. They'll forget. Okay. Uh, no, yeah, there are still places like that. But um, no, I think that's pro- in terms of like the mascots coming around, hmm. that's twee. Hmm. When you can look at anything on YouTube, who cares about <laughs> a bloke in a bear costume? Yeah. You know, I mean, like McDonald's, my memory of that from childhood is all the characters. It was Ronald McDonald. It was like the, the little purple thing. Grimace? Grim. Yeah. 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 Yeah, he was like a purple triangle almost. Kind of like a blob. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, all those characters like along the, in the design of the restaurant. You know, that's weird. That's one of those things that um, always kind of, I, I I think I just missed that. Right. In the UK, I missed the era where McDonald's was like proper appealing to children. Like it was, because right. when I watched Super Size Me, I watched that for school because mm. we were doing a thing on it. And I remember them showing like McDonald's in America that had like these entire playgrounds and mm. Ronald McDonald would be walking around or Grimace would be walking around. And like the the people who were speaking on behalf of McDonald's were saying like, oh no, it's it's not just a restaurant. We want we want McDonald's to be part of your childhood. We want you to have right. these memories associated. We're a with family. It. Yeah, we're yeah, a yeah. family. And that was alien to me, that concept. Like, well, McDonald's is just the place you go to get the food. So yeah. I don't know I don't know if the UK just never had that. No, it did. It did. It did. Uh, not not to that extent, obviously. No. Like the Amer- that American fucking, it's Disneyland. Yeah. yeah we, no, never that. But definitely, like they they would have coloring books mm. and stuff like that. It is for kids. It should be for kids. Mm. Like, well, I say that it's crappy food. It's yes. not overindulgence. No, no. But like that sort of food, I used to associate McDonald's with. I used to go to on the on the estate in Nankaru. Mm-hmm. You go to Showcase and then you go to McDonald's afterwards. Yeah, yeah. That was like. The weekend. Yes. So, yeah, and you had, like, six chicken nuggets and, you know, <laughs> Yeah, food, like, kid-sized portions. There might be something to it, though, because I think McDonald's is definitely something you outgrow. Well, it, no, it, it just mutates. Well, yeah, your relationship changes to it. Like, when you're young, it's like, oh, I want McDonald's, I like McDonald's. Yeah. And then when you hit 18, you go there because it's cheap, and you go there after you've after been drinking. Doubt. Yeah. And you you're drunk, and you yes. hang over, and you need food. Yes. But then when that sort of starts to subside, because we're, we're there now, Sam. We're in- Don't say that yet. We've had the last two years robbed from us. We have. <laughs> um, but outside of that context, I feel like once once you kind of turn 18, yeah. your relationship with McDonald's is like, I, just, I, I don't know what to do for food. It's it's it, just something to fill you after. It's like a last it. resort. Yeah. Like, it's open 24 hours. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's it. I suppose the next step is you take your kids to McDonald's. Yes, and yeah. then the horrible cycle begins anew. Indeed. <laughs> yeah, it's anyway, not going away, is it? Back to back to Scott Cawthorn. Back to Scott Cawthorn. Back, back to Five Nights at Freddy's. Yes. So yeah, there, there is this whole community around Five Nights at Freddy's that don't play the games, but they there's there's spirited conversation around it. Yeah. Because Five Nights at Freddy's is one of those franchises that seems to be indulging in this trend of uh, showing, not telling. Okay. But like. N- extreme showing not telling like it doesn't tell you anything okay it just kind of shows you stuff that's seemingly disconnected mm. and it's something you have to piece together after the fact okay so like in the very first five nights of freddy's what just happens is there you are you are confronted with five nights where you have to survive the you know the animatronics come into the office and they're about to kill you mm-hmm. but if you look at like certain cameras then you'll see like um newspaper clippings on the wall saying five children have gone missing. Right. And that lines up with the amount of animatronics. Okay. And I think one night when you're receiving instructions from presumably your boss, he's saying like, 
Yeah, customers have started complaining about the smell coming from the animatronics. They said mm. it's like it's almost like they haven't been cleaned out recently. It's details like that being thrown yeah, in. All the Easter eggs, basically. Yeah. It reminds me of that Andrew Stanton TED talk where he says, never give the audience four, give them two plus two. Yes. Because they will get to four. Yes. Yeah. The problem with Scott Cawthor, because that, like, that's not a bad way to do a story. That's a good way of doing it. As evidenced by the fact yeah. that there is an entire subculture that has grown around just right. figuring out what's going on. Speculative, in kind yes. of around mythology. And- yeah. So, uh, like... He's, he did these games, and he did them very quickly. I think on the anniversary of the first game, the fourth game came out. Right. So he's very quick in the way that he was releasing The one-year anniversary. The one-year anniversary okay. of the first game, the fourth game came okay. out. But yeah, so like I think the third game was like, that's the final game. You have all of the answers. You have everything you need. The trilogy. Yeah. You have two plus two. Now work out four. Right. The problem is people were working out three right. and five. Okay. There were like details that weren't quite adding up. So then Five Nights at Freddy's after that seemed to become this. And this was never officially confirmed. I think this is just the generally accepted, mm. oh, this is probably what happened. Every game that came out after that, mm. it always seemed to address whatever like overhanging thread. It was like, this question is unanswered. Right. The next game would directly address it. Okay. And then the game after that would address the threads that sprung up because that one was an, an, an Something else was unanswered. Okay. So he never learned the lesson of if there is logical inconsistency, mm. that's... Not deliberate. Yeah. You write it off as ambiguity. Yes. You never learned that lesson. You go, no. look, who am I? I'm just a writer. I don't know the answers to everything. Yeah. You never learned that lesson. I mean... Yeah, because that's the thing. We talked about this before. You give an inch of context. Mm. And that leads to a new question. Oh, that yeah. leads to a new question. And so he keeps trying to address all these different things. Mm. It's going to create an infinite... Yeah. You know. Like, it, and that's the benefit with keeping the franchise small. I mean, Five Nights at Freddy's is his golden goose. Mm-hmm. He's been, he's made no secret of the fact that, like, he used to make, he made tons and tons of video games, like Christian-based games and just, like, like, I think the game that inspired Five Nights at Freddy's was, like, Chipper and Sons, which was just like, oh, it's this fun game for children. Mm. And one of the major criticisms was the characters in this are fucking scary. Right. They look like lifeless animatronics. So he then took that and was like, right. fine, I'll make a horror game. Mm-hmm. And that turned into Five Nights at Freddy's. So Five Nights at Freddy's is his golden goose, but I I, I trust him enough mm. that he's not just like cynically milking the franchise. He probably doesn't have to. No, like at this point he probably doesn't. Like he's he's so the 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 things that he does do not suggest a greedy man. Okay. The amount of charity work that he seems to do. Like mm. um I think there was a streamer called Dorco. There's like three... We'll come back to this later because we are getting to the point of all this. There's, there's three major figures in the Final Nights of Freddy's community that I have noticed. And okay. that's Markiplier, MatPat, and Dorco. Mm. Matt, uh, Markiplier is the guy who originally played Five Nights at Freddy's, whose playthrough basically brought Five Nights at Freddy's to the public. Okay. It blew up. It got insanely popular. Everyone started playing it, and that right. started the popularity of Five Nights at Freddy's. Okay. Matt Pat is the guy who started doing the theories, mm. and he kind of kick-started that culture of, what does it all mean? What's it all about? What is this story? What are these details? Right. And Dorco is kind of the sicker fan. <laughs> he's the one that I oh, like the least. Is he the cynic? No, he seems to like actually genuinely like it. No, no, I, I don't mean cynic as in like he's contemptuous of the games. I mean... Is he cynically being sycophantic so he can rake in the moolah? Well, do you remember, maybe it was last E3. No, it wasn't the last E3. The E3 before. Okay. What are you going to have to remind me? Not even that. I showed you a trailer mm. to, the, to the upcoming Five Nights at Freddy's game. And I showed you somebody reacting to it. 
Vaguely, yeah. and they basically just screamed the whole way through. That like, seems oh like, my god! That seems oh my like god! A trend, I must say. Yes, but this yeah. one was particularly awful, which is okay. why I showed it to you. Yeah. And I think you threw something at me afterwards. <laughs> like, never show me this again. <laughs> yeah, I do have. You know, gaming is such a weird thing for me. We've talked about it before, but there are games I love, and Gamergate, and with the gamers, mm. you know, um, I have nothing against gaming, really. Mm. But there are so many aspects of the culture of it that I am just so contemptuous of. <laughs> just the, all that. The faking the reactions. Yes. Because obviously people do that for music, you know. Yeah. And it, it's ugh, it's just cringy. I don't know how anyone buys it. No. You see the comments and, they, you know, a lot of them, okay, some are bots, but some are just people going, oh my God, it was so hilarious when he freaked out at 119. Yeah. Like, Get a life. Get a life, for God's <laughs> there sake. There was one, and I'm not sure whether it was a parody or not, but because it, it was like in this... Um, Mo- like this collage of montages and mm. I, I think it was just reacting to like oh this character's been revealed in this game mm. and somebody was doing that thing where they were like screaming like oh my god mm. oh my god and they just like they walk off screen quite casually mm. and they come back with a, like a uh, electric razor and they just start shaving oh, off their hair god's sake like as he's screaming he's just like quite casually just shaving his it's hair like, like a, oh my god it's like a reductio ad absurdum isn't it yeah it's like that um video uh, you know, my, my brother freaks out. I can never remember what it's called. But, you know, when it's that, the guy, they've, like, banned him from his console or whatever. Mm. And he storms into his bedroom. And he starts, like, thrashing about on the bed. And then he gets, like, a, a TV remote and he tries shoving it up his ass. Oh, right, yeah. Like, into pure, like, throws. Of, just, like, <laughs> like surge. Like, he's just got to, like, react <laughs> yeah. in every every whim that's occurring to him. Yeah. It's almost like that. Like, it's a reductive album. So I'm like, oh, my God. And then just start, like, scraping his skin off. Yeah. Um... Yeah, no, just all that stuff. No. Yeah. Well, Dorco is one of those, where okay. just like every game he's playing, it's like, oh my God, guys, this is so amazing, you guys. Right. Um, but he's done uh, like... Ch- go on. Very quickly to throw Ben Shapiro back in, because his... They made him... Do, his company made him do some uh, Ben Shapiro reacts to videos. Oh, yeah. And it's like the Batman trailer and all that stuff. And he has a just genuine human reaction, which is he looks at it, has to say something, because th- that's the video. And this looks pretty good. Yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I like that thing that, like any normal person. Have you yes. ever watched a trailer that was so good that you like freaked out, or that you had the you know, the only time I've ever watched anything mm. other than laughter or crying, you know, visceral reactions was Breaking Bad, the season four finale. <laughs> I remember eating a bacon sandwich, yeah, and uh, Hector blew up. Gus walks out with his the oh the the explosion. I dropped the bacon sandwich. <laughs> My mouth agape in astonishment. That's the closest I've ever gotten to, like, having a big... But I don't think that's because I'm a reserved, stoic human being. I think that's just how you react when you yeah, experience something. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, you know. You're not a child. No. No. Well, presumably not. No, yeah. So, carry on. Uh, no, so, like, Dorco, he's, he did, like, a charity stream. He's done multiple charity streams. Mm-hmm. They all have in Venice, but... I think he did this one particular stream where his goal was something like $10,000. I'm going to raise $10,000 for this children's hospice charity, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And Scott Cawthon just showed up and donated him the 10000 Right. He was just like, there you go. You know, they deserve it better than me. Go for it. Yeah. So yeah, he's big on his charity work. Um, he's also big, mm-hmm. this is where we're getting to it now, on his donations okay. to Republican candidates. I see. And this came out recently, the Scott Cawthon has been donating money to... I was, I was going to say, so when you say he's big on that, is it publicly? I don't think... I don't know how public he was with it, because when it was, quote-unquote, revealed, mm-hmm. it was as if, like, 
you know, it was as if it was like this leak, this like big discovery. It's like, oh, it's this thing he didn't want you to know. Right. But look, here's here is like the donations that he's been giving to Donald Trump and not Malcolm McDonald. What's the there's like a politician, it's like MM. Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell. Right. He donated to Mitch McConnell and like a couple of other people as well. It's like, Mm -hmm. look, he's given all the money to all of these Republicans. Right. And very quickly we saw a franchise that once hailed him as like, oh, he's such this, you know, he's he's this, you know, some people like, oh, he's such he's such a good he has all these great ideas, he's such a good writer, which is like, you know. Mm -hmm. Five Nights at Freddy's has some good ideas, it has some bad ideas. It's it's been going off the rails a bit recently. I think the most recent game, like Scott Cawthon, was actually introduced as a character in law. Oh, right. Because, like, the Help Wanted VR game was like, oh, we know that there are these, like, indie Five Nights at Freddy's games that have mm. been created, which are deliberately there to tarnish the reputation of the restaurant. Right. But all of that's bullshit. And because we're not afraid of laughing at ourselves, we're going to recreate those games for you now. Right. While we sue the indie creator, which is Scott Cawthon, because okay. they even used his picture and everything. Right. Which I think that ends up being bullshit. Because the, the VR game, it's basically this front by the Fazbear Corporation right. to, I think, the soul of the guy who originally created the animatronics, who has since died, mm. is like embedded in the code of the game. Right. And by completing the game, you set him free. The word I'm getting from all this is keyfabe. Or, There's, or, yeah. <laughs> keyfabe, however you pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, that's a word yeah, yeah. that he needed to, uh, <laughs> yeah, needed to learn. Yeah. Um, well, that's what I mean by he's as much a character as... I mean, in that instance, he's literally a character. But yeah. he is so synonymous with the franchise that nobody bat an eye at him be- literally becoming a character mm-hmm. in that world. Um, but yeah, all of these people who were like praising his charity work and talking about how like how clever he was and how cool his ideas were and the, the creativity and the marketing and everything like that, all of a sudden we were starting to see people turn on him very, very quickly. Right. It's like, I can't believe that Scott Cawthon would betray his LGBTQ fans <laughs> by giving their money to Republican candidates that want to kill them. Sure. And shit like that. Right. That's a slightly... I, I, I'm, I, I'm pretty sure I have seen shit like that. Joe, that's, that's not even hyperbolic. <laughs> that's the thing. Like, yes, the content is hyperbolic. Yeah. But as a generalized reaction. No. No, that sounds about right. Well, I think I literally saw the other day a video from Jim Sterling. I think that's his name now. Right. Somebody I used to watch. Very left-leaning. I know somebody that I used to watch. Go on. <laughs> somebody. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> um, yeah, he was somebody that I used to watch, but he, he was very clear that he had very left-leaning opinions and... When that started to come, I think it was always there in his content, but when I started to notice it more and more, I was like, I don't, you're just kind of saying the same things over and over again now. I don't feel like I'm gaining any value. Mm -hmm. So I stopped watching his videos, but he recently did a video on Scott Cawthon and I found out that in the interim, he's come out as non-binary and now he's dressing as a woman. Like oh, okay, there's a there's a British influencer. I don't know if you saw the video that's come out as Korean. Yeah, what's that all about? (laughs) I have no idea because they like K-pop. Okay, is that allowed? No. No. No, you can't be uh, transracial. Well, I was going to say, like, obviously people who don't agree with that stuff anyway mm. would not approve. But do people who usually agree with that kind of stuff approve? No, I think the whole Rachel Dolezal thing, like, you can't change your race. Mm. I think that's a big no-no. Okay. Yeah. Your gender, sure. Right. But race, I th- even amongst the... In fact, I think it's probably even considered worse amongst the liberal elite. Mm. Because the right-wing thing generally is... 
why not? If you can fucking change your gender, you might as well be able to change your race. <laughs> why not if it's all malleable? Yeah. Whereas, no, there's something about race, at the moment especially, because it's so yeah. toxic. It's on the pride flag now, isn't it? Is that, is that yeah, what those, yeah, those yeah. extra colours, they are for race, right? I think so, yeah. 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 On, like, military bases and stuff. That's, that's the thing. I, I thought that was just like, oh, that's another one of America's weird, like, mm. phases that it's going through. Yeah. But no, I went to Tesco's, like, the other day, and it's up in Tesco. Well, that flag. That flag, yeah. Where? where? In Tesco. Yeah, well, where? Oh, the big one. <laughs> no, not what Tesco, where in Tesco. Is oh, it? like at the front. Like, as you walk in, it's hanging from the ceiling. A few hanging of them. from the ceiling. Yeah. Of those flags? Yeah. Yeah, the race, the race and the Jesus rainbow one. Jesus Christ. It is genuinely everywhere. Okay. They're just, things are just getting worse. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, because like with, with this Scott Court, like, yeah, the Jim Sterling video, that was like the thrust of his video. Because like, I think the title was something like, why the Five Nights at Freddy's Man is a bad person. Mm. Something like that. And he spent most, he, like he started out by saying Scott Cawthon has donated to these candidates. And then he spent the next 15 minutes just trashing those candidates. Right. Um, it's like, oh, you know, Donald Trump, he's, he's he incited those riots. And Mitch, McCon- Mitch McConnell, he's basically said that he wants to kill all gays and shit sure. like that. Like, there's, there's a woman, like a Republican woman, who said that all uh, trans people were abominations. Mm. And she said that they should not be allowed to wear women, uh, clothing intended for men. Mm. But I think when she said that, she was wearing a blazer. So everybody went, oh, you're a hypocrite. Sure. Because... See, know, it's stuff like this. And all that shit. Do you remember that Stuart Lee bit about um, vomiting into the gaping anus of Christ? How could I forget, Sam? <laughs> and then the whole kind of punchline of that is when you try and enforce restrictions on free speech mm. certain people often against their best interests um, <laughs> their better judgement will be forced to test those restrictions <laughs> um, I wonder if he'd say the same thing about now to, actually but anyway that's a separate point mm. it, it makes me want to say horrible things <laughs> just because I can and fuck you yeah I, do you know what I mean like I, things I don't even believe mm. But just the worst thing I can think of, because fuck you. It doesn't make me want to say horrible things, but it does put me in a position where I go, like, something that I would never typically have done. Like, after all of this um, backlash came out against Scott Cawthon, Mm. one of my initial responses was genuinely, I might have to start buying those games now. Okay, just no, to like, no, no, I get what you mean. Not yeah, like just that. like to show ideological kind of support. Almost. Yeah, because like, there's, there is, a, there are, in fairness, a lot of people mm. in that community and in general that were that were standing with him. There was a hashtag "I stand with Scott" right. that was circulating for a little while. Yeah, but no, just like the fact that I'd been a part of that, like part of that conversation for so long, I'd yeah. followed that game since its inception, mm. but I'd never donated a penny to it. Yeah, it felt like, oh well, if there was ever a time, now feels it, like yeah. when people are abandoning the franchise in droves out of principle. Mm this feels like the time to start supporting it. Yeah, I mean, like, there are people on the on YouTube and stuff that I've, you know, Sam Harris and all that, that I've consumed basically everything they've ever done, mm. but I've never given them a penny. Yeah. Like, even his podcast, because he has a system where, like, uh, if you send them an email saying you can't afford it, they'll just give it to you for free. Mm. And that's what I do. Yeah. I actually can't afford it, but, like... <laughs> yes. Uh, I do that and every year. Just say, if you can't afford it, then just tell us again and we'll renew your subscription. Mm. But yeah, he's never had a penny of my money. Like, he deserves some of my money. Oh, yeah. You know. Um, so I understand that impulse. No, I just mean, like, we've talked about it before. I don't know if we have on the podcast. These college campuses where, like, you have to be so careful mm. and tiptoe and pussyfoot. And if you say this, it might suggest a microaggression. Yeah. I just want someone to go up on the stage... And say all this is in, in, in air quotes now, nigger, 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 nigger. 
Because you know what's going to happen? No one's going to die. No one's going to shatter. Black people aren't going to crumble into dust. Mm. It's a horrible thing to call someone. It's a horrible thing to say Mm. in most contexts. But that's the worst thing society... That's the thing society considers the most taboo, right? Mm. That word. Yeah. And if someone says it, the world's not going to end. So when you tell me, like, oh, he's betrayed all the people... I just want to come on here and say, um, go fuck yourself, faggots. (laughs) Right. The thing that I would never say... Calm down, sir? No, but you know what I mean? It's just like, because I can. Because I can say it. Yeah. Don't, you know... Don't buy the guy's games, then, if that's how you really think. Well, that's what they're doing. They're they're buying the games. Um, I find it interesting that, like, the LGBTQ community is the thing that they picked up on. Okay, well, is that a big thing in gaming? I don't know, because, like, he donated the money to these candidates, and he he delivered a post on Reddit, Mm -hmm. um, basically saying, this has happened. Mm. As a result, people are doxing me. They're threatening to come to my home. My wife is pregnant. She's terrified. Right. So I feel like I have to make this statement. Mm. I am not going to apologize mm. for anything that I've done because I believe that it was in my best interest and in the best interest of the country mm. that I vote for the people that I thought would do the best for this country. And I believe I did that. He said, like with Donald Trump, I thought mm. that Donald Trump would do great things for our economy and he would do great. He would be an integral part of the conversation with our enemies. And mm. I think during his time... The American economy started doing better mm, until COVID. Yeah, until COVID, and then he broke that peace treaty in the Middle East that got him a Nobel Prize, uh, Nobel Peace Prize nomination. Mm. So like, he wasn't wrong. Like, but no, he wasn't wrong. But like, no, Trump is anti-LGBTQ, so that means Scott Cawthon is LGBTQ mm, anti. Yes, yeah, anti-LGBTQ. Yeah. And Scott Cawthon, you have LGBTQ fans. So mm. what you've done is you've betrayed them. Yeah. Well. It's weird that that's the thread because everyone who talks about this mm. brings this up. Dorco, going back to Dorco again, out of uh, Markiplier, Matt Pat, and Dorco, he seems to be the only one who's delivered any response to this issue. Right. Very like wishy-washy, milk toast response. It's like I'm a white cis guy, so I don't feel like I can really have this conversation sure. about the LGBTQ community. I respect their rights. I respect. Mm. Uh, equality and all that you know I, I I genuinely do believe that and if you don't want to play the games anymore because you feel offended that's completely within your rights right. I think the only thing really of substance that he said was I've known Scott Corton for the past seven years and he's not homophobic okay. but, but I completely understand why people think that and why they think that's enough to stop playing the games yeah that's one of the worst things about these times is people don't stand up for their friends mm. I think that is one of the worst things mm. people just like like completely abandoning them and just saying stuff like that like even if you he should go he's my friend he's not homophobic you're wrong yeah you're just wrong yeah leave me as well if you want unsubscribe I don't give a shit yeah people are so terrified um what was I going to say George I don't know it felt like you were about to say something I was about definitely about to say something okay oh yeah do you mean to say that um out of the various things that the Republicans are accused of being hmm why have they targeted the homophobic thing yeah. rather than the racist or the transphobic or the there must just be a large LGBTQ portion of the fan base there must well just in gaming there must because there is that strand in gaming isn't there well I mean Five Nights at Freddy's it's a furry breeding ground as it were it's one of those right. franchises where because they're anthropomorphic animal yeah. characters despite the fact that they're robotic mm. they're not real animals there's plenty of fan art sure. of those animals. Sexualized. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, the, as I, I think, said on the thing you'll never hear, the Tumblerocracy. The Tumblerocracy. Yeah, yeah. Tumblerocracy. Tumblerocracy. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm not saying that those two, there's a correlation between homosexuality and being a furry. What I'm no, saying, it, what I'm saying is that there's definitely there is a portion of the community. Yeah, there's no that's there's straight and then there's everything else. Mm. They all they're all in the same camp. Yeah, aren't they? And if you if you not, if you only consider the furries, yeah, there is a lot of everything else. In but the that's thing, we are not saying that we consider them all the same. If you're gay, but it's all the same. Mm. No, but like LGBT, that whole idea is there's straight and then there's everything else. Let's mm. ally everything else together against straight against straight yeah yeah or at least in um distinction to straight yeah so yes furry anything deviant anything deviant in the sense that it's a deviation it's from a being deviation. straight not yes. that it's a deviant that it's lifestyle deviant lifestyle no yeah anything that's a deviation or anything that's uh, all furry is a deviant lifestyle anything that's Ooh, a deviation okay. or aberrant okay. anything that's not the norm right yeah and, and that covers gay all the way down to you know people that fuck children's feet I don't know <laughs> <laughs> no theory is fuck it it is deviant like the, the whole thing like the unicorns and all that these little subcultures that, right. and what are they called bronies and yeah, yeah fucking disgusting yeah horrible yeah so we don't consider them the same like gay is its own thing I respect gay I've got no problem with gay hmm. Furries are a different thing. <laughs> so, like, yeah, you do what you want. Yeah. But I have the right to think it's fucking weird. Okay. Uh, it must just be that. Like, yeah, there's the big overlap in the Venn diagram between that and mm. gaming. Because, uh, yeah, like, I, I don't know. I assume, obviously, a lot of black people play games, but there's probably not a community of black gamers. I don't know. I really do. You know what I mean? In yeah. the same way that there would be um, LGBTQIA plus P. There's, there's a two in there now, isn't there? What, squared or two? No, it's <laughs> gay squared. Gay squared. <laughs> how, does, how does that work? Gay squared. If you're gay squared, aren't you just straight again? I suppose that would be minus gay. If you're gay no, squared, you're very gay, right? Well, I don't know. I don't know how the... Um, it's gay times gay. Yeah, gay multiplied by gay. Yeah, so you're not, you're not multiplying by a negative. You're multiplying by one, really. So right, okay. Gay by gay, you just end up gay. Yeah, no, that's what yeah. I was thinking. I was thinking, like, the fact that you're multiple... Like, the fact that there's two of them, they mm. cancel each other out and you become straight again. Yeah. But no, you just, you're just more gay. Yeah. You're yeah. twice as gay if you're gay squared. Yes. But there's no... You don't evolve to... It's not like, oh, like, in the, the matrix of gay... Mm. Gay is like one, lesbian is two, transgender is three. So it's not like gay times gay equals lesbian. Oh, no, no, no. It's just gay times gay equals You more become gay. more what you are. Okay. You don't advance along the hierarchy or whatever, the lowerarchy. <laughs> That's what I would consider. Um, oh, dear. <laughs> no, gay is I regret fine. bringing this topic listen, to you now, sir. Gay and lesbian, homo- homosexual, fine with me. Bisexual, fine with me. And that's that. Okay. <laughs> Anything else is not real. Right. It's made up. Okay. Well, Scott Cawthon <laughs> has probably never held these values, but this is what he has been accused of holding. Well, he made Christian games. So what's the big shock here? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was something that he said in his... I was going to read the Reddit post to you, right. but it's a very long post. Okay. I do recommend it because it's he's very thorough in his kind of... He, he definitely... It's not some kind of wishy-washy, like, oh, you, you know, I don't really... Didn't you say, though, that he kind of 
sort of not apologize he didn't apologize that was the thrust of it is that i'm not going to apologize okay and you can cancel me if you want but i am i am republican i am christian i am pro-life okay. i am not going to apologize okay that's that's fine but yeah. like you said he, he wrote about all the charities he donated he brought to up the charity yeah. work and he said that like he, he's been developing games for the past seven years yeah. and in that time he has worked with people from all walks of life okay not by design that's how it's worked out yeah because he thinks that's how it should be Right. That you work with the best people. Yeah, and it regardless. Matter, yeah. yeah, it doesn't matter what walk of life they come from. Yeah. That's coincidental. So I have, you know, I, I've collaborated mm-hmm. with people of the LGBTQ community and people of certain, you know, of another race. Mm-hmm. And it has no, you know, no right. effect on me whatsoever. Those kind of caveats were in there. Mm. But yeah, he does, he does conclude it by saying, this is who I am. Okay. I don't apologize for it. Stop harassing my wife. Right. Cancel me if you want. Okay. Which, you know, fair fucking play to the guy. In a, in a yeah. world where it feels like you do anything that anyone somewhere decides is offensive now, you have to apologize. Mm. No apology. Well, it reminded me of J.K. Rowling. There's a there's connection there as well. What What's the other connection? The connection is that as a result of his not apologizing, yeah. Scott Cawthon has now been retconned out of existence right. by a certain sect of Five Nights at Freddy's fans. So who created the games according to that? Markiplier. Markiplier created the The guy who okay. like brought... Five Nights at Freddy's to yeah. the world's attention through his Let's Shone Play. the spotlight on it. Is now the creator. There is no Scott Cawthon. There yeah. never was a Scott Cawthon. Right. Doesn't matter that he's literally canon. Well, I'll say, yeah. So in the canon now, Markiplier. No, no, no. Like in the canon of the games. Yeah. Scott Cawthon is literally oh, yeah, yeah. in that canon. But like in the canon of the, of the mythology of the games. Oh, yeah. Markiplier. Yeah, Markiplier made them. It. There okay. never was a Scott Cawthon. So Sam's lexicon a moment. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Samuel. Words. Phrases. Sam's lexicon. So it's not it's not a, a revolutionary one, but because oh. it reminded me of J.K. Rowling, I thought of the verb to roll. R O W L. Okay. And that means when fans turn against the creator of the property of which they are a fan, they roll on it. Ah, uh, okay. And if you go whole roll, kind of like a secondary Sam's lexicon, <laughs> that's when you rewrite the creation story. Okay. So it would be Dobby for the Harry Potter franchise. Yes. And Markiplier. Markiplier for FNAF. So that's a brief little Sam's lexicon. Okay, so Scott Cawthon... Has Scott Cawthon been rolled on? Or has Five Nights at Freddy's been rolled on? Uh, I suppose he has, yeah. Scott Cawthon has. Yeah, the person has to be, yeah, rolled on. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Well, they've got whole roll, haven't they? Because... Yeah, in this instance, they've got whole roll. Yeah, yeah, but I didn't know whether it was the franchise that was rolled or the creator. Right, yes. I think the creator. Okay. Yeah. All right. Rolled. Samuel. Words. Phrases. Sam's lexicon. Was there anything else you had to say about... um... Well, the conclusion, basically. Go on. (laughs) To this situation. Um, Yeah, I think it was about five or six days of this kind of, like, bitching back and forth Mm -hmm. of people. you got some people saying, like, I stand with Scott. I don't believe that he believes the things that you're saying he believes because he's donated to these people. Mm-hmm. There were like people who were like, oh, maybe he should have done more research before he donated to the Republicans. <laughs> but, you know, right. like, he, I don't believe that he's actually homophobic and racist and all that kind Look, of stuff. Look, it's a binary choice in the, well, in most <laughs> countries. You have to pick between two things. Yeah. It's not like a nuanced, he's weighed up all the pros and cons, like, and I think, yeah, the Republicans take every box. No, some of it might be begrudging. You no. never know. Well, I think he even said in that post that, like, though he acknowledges the Republicans don't have 
the LGBTQ thing sorted, mm. he thinks that in some cases the Democrats would actually it would actually be more detrimental. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the Democrats either wouldn't have done as good a job mm. or they would have done a significantly worse job. What, with LG? With LGBTQ. But I don't know if he really elaborates on it. I just remember... Well, they are worse for all that. They are worse with all that, Mm. I'll say. The Republicans don't care. Mm. Yes, there are obviously some, I'm so homophobic, Republicans. Of course. But by and large, they don't care Mm. what you are. Just shut up. (laughs) We just don't care about you being gay. We don't give a fuck. Do the, the job. Yeah. They are better for gay people rather than saying that it's a moral virtue. To be gay or mm. fetishizing it, glorifying it, yeah. lionizing it. It's not. It's just who you want to fuck. <laughs> Nobody cares. It shouldn't be you. It shouldn't be what you are. It shouldn't be like what you, you do. Your it, entire identity, your entire being is... Is that. Yeah, yeah. I am gay and I want that to be okay. Reduced to a... Sin- Imagine that. I'm mm. sure we've talked about that before. Being so empty, really. Mm. <laughs> Oddly enough. <laughs> As a gay man. <laughs> the ultimate irony, yeah. <laughs> uh, that you... All of your identity is tied up with that. Because I know a couple of people like that. That's mm. all that is. Gay, gay, gay. I write about gay things and I do gay things. And yeah. it's just pathetic. But <laughs> no, it is, isn't it? It is. It's pathetic. No, it is. Uh, it, the, yeah. The fact that like that's all you are. That's all you are. Yeah. Like, yeah. Sh- even if even if it's something that's very important to you, mm. surely you would you would want like other things. You would want mm. like, okay, I've, I've spent my day being like protesting and... Mm. Trying to get my rights and all that kind mm. of stuff. Activisting. Activisting. Yeah. I'm now going to go and chill with a hobby for a couple of hours. Mm. I'm now going to do a thing that I like. I'm now going to display nuance right. by doing literally anything else. Yeah. It doesn't seem... It doesn't appear to be... Possible. Possible. <laughs> it doesn't appear to be what's going on. No. And again, I, I like when it comes to voting, I don't think the person against whom you you mark the X Mm. should be it should really represent anything about what you think or you you have two choices Mm. if there were a thousand choices and they all offered very different things it might be a good indicator for the type of person you are for whom you vote yeah a better indicator Mm. but when it comes down to two you're really going to tell me that tells you everything you need to know about a person yeah exactly no like how many people in the election just gone voted for Joe Biden Purely to get Donald Trump out of office. How many people voted for Donald Trump that also voted for Barack Obama? Yeah. Like, you wouldn't have got into power without the Obama voters. No, you wouldn't have. So, you cu- yeah, that's it's just not a good... It's not a good metric, I don't think, for anything, mm. really. Anyway, yes. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, I think there was about five or six days where, yeah, there was that... Those mm. conversations about, like, you know, oh, you probably should have done more research. And then there were other people saying, like, oh, you know, he's a terrible person. Shouldn't buy the games anymore. This has ruined mm. my childhood. This has ruined my fandom. You know, a couple of a couple of snarky comments, which were like, you know, I guess Scott can like do whatever he wants, but it's interesting how he had to be outed as Republican without admitting it. Well, it's just nobody's fucking business. Uh, yeah, like you're political. Was it somebody? I think it was somebody you were having a conversation with recently mm. that was like they asked what your political allegiance was, right? And you said, "Oh, that's kind of my business." Mm. And they said, "That's something." somebody who's right-leaning would say. We were talking about the podcast, and oh, right. okay. they said to me, uh, what do you talk about? Mm. And I said, oh, you know, a bit of everything, politics, culture. And she said, what politics? And I said, well, just the poli- politics of the day. Like, mm. what do you mean? She said, no, like, what kind of politics? I said, there's no agenda. We just, we have opinions and we talk about mm. our opinions. She said, oh, yeah, that's usually code for right-wing. 
Yeah. And I said, I think right wing is re- usually code for far right. Yeah. Well, that's what you mean when you say right wing. Yeah. I'm okay with the left wing. I'm okay with the right wing. You need, you actually need both. Mm. Both are necessary. Mm. That, the pendulum, the yin and the yang, you do need both. The far on each end of the spectrum is what we have a problem with. Yes. But uh, we talked about before, right wing just means Nazi. That's the thing. That's very right wing, that thing. Left wing has all of these disti- distinctions. You have yeah. the progressive left, you have the radical progressive left. Classical you, liberals. You have classical yeah. liberals, you have Labour voters, mm-hmm. you have Democrats, you have left leaning, you have centre left. Yeah. And then there is right wing. Yeah. And that just means far right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We'll actually elaborate a little bit on that stuff uh, later, but yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's none of your business what it's his none political of your business, beliefs are. Yeah. Five Nights at Freddy's is in no way politically charged. No, like, it's not, there's nothing in there. If the same thing had happened, but it came out that he was like donating all of the money to the Democrats and he yeah. was this like, big, he was big on the Democratic Party and he was like, oh, I'm very left wing. And like, mm. well, firstly, he would still be making games. Yeah. But secondly, Five Nights at Freddy's would make the same amount of sense. Like, yeah. you take that franchise in isolation, somebody who's left-wing mm. or somebody who's right-wing, mm. both could feasibly have made that game. I think, from my limited knowledge of the game, from yeah. what I've seen of it, it could turn out the creator was a member of the Tea Party or ISIS, and they would be equally unshocking. Yeah. Like, because there's nothing... It's totally apolitical. Yes, exactly. Yeah. There is nothing in yeah. there whatsoever. The only thing about it is the fact that it's this... Kind of like it's like child-friendly horror, yeah. But it's about children being murdered and stuffed into animatronic suits. Right. So, like a parent hearing that mm. might go, "Oh no, no, I don't approve of that." Okay, the only thing I could tell you about the creator of the game mm. is from the game itself is that he's not an absolute philistine because he believes in games. Yeah, that's all I can tell you about it. Yeah, that he believes in creating games, mm. and he probably likes games. Yeah. That's it. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Games His politics yeah. has nothing to do with Five Nights no. at Freddy's. Why does it have anything to do with you? Right. And it annoys me that the, the, the response is, oh, well, if he was left-wing, you wouldn't have any reservation about saying... What that he's like? What his politics are? Probably so why would he have these reservations about being right wing? That's the thing. He probably there is a, a double standard. A yes, it's nobody's business what your politics are generally. Anyway, no left or right. Like but if you if you want to reveal, if you your want politics, to, that's fine. Yeah, it's your decision. Yeah, you shouldn't be obligated to reveal them to people. No, exactly because no. politics isn't everything. No. It actually isn't everything. <laughs> yeah, um, it's like your faith. It's going around declaring that you're. Like, you meet a new person, it's like, mm. hello, I'm Catholic. Right, proselytizing on yeah. it. Like, yeah, yeah. But also, it is true that if he was left-wing, mm. yeah, he probably wouldn't have to have been outed. No. I don't know if he was, like, secretive and guarded about his republicanism. I mean, he was always an open Christian. Okay, so fine. Well, like, it would I make d- me think that he wasn't, he probably wasn't secretive about being No, that's fair enough, but like, I, I don't know whether it, it was a case of it's my business, or I have to keep it secret also because yeah. of... Um, but yeah, if he was left wing, there would be no controversy. There would be no, no. guardedness or secrecy. Yeah, that that is true because being revealed as being even vaguely conservative ends careers. Mm. In if you're in, in the artistic yeah. sphere, so he, you know, if so, he had right to be apprehensive. Yeah, but yeah, fundamentally, it's not my business. It's not anybody's business. No, it's his. Uh, yeah, and it shouldn't. He shouldn't have to declare it at the door. No, like, exactly. oh, I'm right wing, yeah. by the way. We'll go away then. Yeah. No. Nothing to do with you. I mean, even like there are conservative pubs, like in, in name, 
mm. around here, like the conservative club. And the, it's not like when you go in they, at the door, they go, right, what's your allegiance? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure we, for a friend's end of university project, I directed this kind of film turned into a play half hour thing. Mm. And we rehearsed this play doesn't get more liberally left me <laughs> that above a conservative pub. Yeah. And they did it for they for free. They gave it to us for free. Yeah. So a conservative their club. Own, their only price was that we gave them a good review on Facebook. Yeah. That was their only a price. A conservative club subsidized the arts. <laughs> <laughs> like technically. Yeah, in a way, yeah, exactly. So yeah, like even nominal places like that, the the, the Labour Club. There's one in, um, on the Broadway, the Labour Club. Hmm. It's not even that when you go and it's like, are you conservative? No, like it's nobody's business. No, these places maybe once used to be exclusive, hmm. no longer. Non-pol. There's a non-political. Club, There's non. Like, yeah, exactly. Right near yeah. where I live. And I like, just, I'm sure, like it doesn't matter. It's like, you do you do you want a drink? Yeah. All right, come in then. I can so see that coming back though. Like maybe not um, Labour conservative, but like in America, like. Are you a BLM supporter? Yeah, you can come in then. Oh, yeah, the BLM pubs. Yeah, definitely. Maybe. Are you signed up to BLM on Facebook? Yeah, look. Okay, come on in. Which university? There is a university that did that, right? They were offering rock climbing. I think it was extracurricular. It was rock climbing right. classes, but they were only for people of colour. Oh, oh, that. there's a lot of that. Yeah. Only for people of colour, only for gay people or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, though. Cause no. that, that's so endemic. I can even yeah. begin to... Yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, so people were saying, oh, he's a bad man. People mm. were saying, I stand with Scott. Mm-hmm. And then I think w- within the space of a week, he posted again on Reddit because he's big on Reddit because that's mm-hmm. where, again, that's where his community is. He's not on Twitter. He's not on Facebook. Right. He posts on Reddit because he, he knows that's where the people are. Mm-hmm. So he posted on Reddit basically saying, I have decided to retire. Right. This is my decision. I, you know, I'm in my mid 40s now. I have six children, one of whom is a baby. I want to spend time with my family. Mm. Goodbye, right. basically. No coincidence, yeah. I think. Like, mm. I, I don't think he tr- attributed it to... You might have brought up, like, oh, this thing's happened recently. Mm. But I think the general air of, like, oh, I'm retiring now. The, the, it, that thing, we'll, we'll ignore that thing. This retirement yeah. is a separate decision right. of mine. Yeah. Or maybe, like, the thing that happened recently sort of accelerated. Yes, yeah. Um. And then all of a sudden, it's like all of these posts, like, oh, thank you, Scott. You've made such a, you've been such an integral part of my life for the past seven right. years. You've given me this franchise and I will always be thankful for it. And everyone all of a sudden mm. was like, oh, I'm going to miss Scott. Oh, it's so bad that he's gone. Right. I don't know that it's the same people who were like, what a fucking bastard, just yeah. like less than a week ago. But if there are. Yeah. Uh, fuck you, basically. Yeah, you did this. You did this. It's you, cutting your nose off to spite your face. Like, this is what you wanted. Yeah. This is what you wanted. And it's weird, because, like, in a way, like like I said, the, the most recent one to come out, the most recent game to come out, made him canon. Mm. So it's sort of... I don't know what that says, given that that's, like, the last time he's going to be a part of that franchise. They, br- mm. they actually brought him into the games. Is it over, then? No, it's still going. There's a game okay. coming out later this year. Another another example as well of like how um, nice he is. Basically, he re- like years ago he released this like spin-off RPG mm. that was like very bare bones and rudimentary. I think it was just something he wanted to do. Mm. He's like, I'm just going to do this thing, and he released it. And a lot of people complained about it because it was so rudimentary. Mm-hmm. So he like said, right, I am refunding everyone who has bought this game. Right. 
whether you complained or not, everyone gets a refund. This game will be free and it will be free forever. Mm-hmm. And I will continue to work on it despite the fact I'm making no money on it whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And most recently, the game that's coming out this year, Security Breach, I think it's called, mm. that was supposed to be coming out, I think it was supposed to be out by now, mm-hmm. but they had to delay it for further development. So he created a spin-off game. Right. As an apology. A free spin-off game. Very Christian of him. Very Christian of him. Yeah, he's just like, he clearly gives a shit about yeah. people. I, I'm so for of, you know, a not insignificant part of that fan base to immediately reject him. I'm kind of torn because on one hand, yeah, like they quote unquote won, yeah, and they destroyed. You know, they got rid of him. He wasn't cancelled, but I think he got out before. Yeah, you know could what I mean. You know what I mean. Yeah, like he's like fuck this. Yeah, but in in a sense, they got rid of him. But also, like if he's a multi-millionaire, which he probably is, mm. and he's got his wife and his kids, yeah, do it. Yeah, if you can retire. You don't need this shit. I think someone, Leave it behind you. someone posted a list, maybe in response to this uh, yeah. Republican thing, they posted a list of all his philanthropy over the past few years, and right. it's in the millions, the right. amount of he's donated he's to charity. He's donated in millions, yeah. 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 But if you, yeah, retire. Yeah. You don't need this bullshit. Get out. No. But yeah, we've got like we've got another game in development. There's books being written all the time, like mm. short stories. He's got like a film in development. Mm-hmm. All of the marketing, all of the law, all of the everything has all been down to him. Mm. I think the film was originally registered with Blumhouse mm. and he hated all of their ideas. <laughs> so he just took it off them. He hated Blumhouse's ideas. That's interesting. Yeah. Because they're all right. Sometimes they're yeah, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't, uh, yeah. I don't know whether he's with Blumhouse now mm. and he was with another company first. Right. But he went to a film company. They bought the rights. Mm. He hated all their ideas. He was like, fuck you. I'm going to take it with me. Right. And he did. He took it off them. Right. That's how like creatively in control this guy is. Mm. And now we've got a game, a film, and God knows how many books that at the moment are just kind of like, well, the, the main creative head is gone. Right. And he said he's going to appoint somebody to continue the franchise mm. without him. I do think that, I don't know, it felt like we were transitioning into a new era of Five Nights at Freddy's anyway, because the lore becomes become so convoluted. Mm. It was starting to look like they were kind of tr- trying to course correct a little bit. Yeah. The whole like, oh, we're canonizing the original games as like fan games that were attacking the reputation of the restaurant. Right. Dropping the key fave, as it were. Yeah. That felt like they were trying to, if not retcon, then course correct a little bit. So the franchise was changing anyway. When did it start, the franchise? 2014. Okay, so it's way overdue for a reboot. Anyway. Oh, it's way overdue for a reboot. In, in our current yeah. Yeah, conveyor belt culture, yeah. But I, whoever takes over this franchise... I don't know what their approach is going to be, mm. but I think the fact that ideas were good, there were good mm. ideas and there were bad ideas, and there was some really clever stuff and there was some really stupid stuff. Mm. But the thing that always kept me coming back to Five Nights at Freddy's is that it was always interesting. Okay. Because there was such a consistent mix of quality, mm. and it always seemed to be trying something new. Yeah. It was always interesting. And okay. I think that. That's something you can only really achieve with like a soul auteur. Okay. And I don't know whether it'll be a single person or a company that's in charge of well, Five Nights at Freddy's, but I do think Five Nights at Freddy's, in a sense, is kind of over now. I would, ass- I would assume the golden age is over. And yeah. if it's not, it's not. Hmm. I mean, you know, like Noah Hawley somehow managed to do Fargo. Yeah. So there are people out there that could, you know, I'm sure given his... Um, attention to the minutiae mm. and you know being the creative soul um kind of proprietor of this stuff he's going to be diligent about who he picks as his replacement he will because he still cares about the franchise oh, obviously sure. yeah um but yeah assume that the best is over 
even even if it's not that, like I don't know what I yeah. Even if you pick someone as like right, we're going to make this franchise the best it could possibly be. Mm-hmm. I think even that is kind of the wrong approach, right? Because it's not because I said like there's such a consistent mix of quality, mm. and it's so like part of the marketing for these games used to be that he would post images mm. on his website where you had to download the images mess with like the brightness settings and read the metadata right and that would like tell you details about the game okay that's how like mm. out there yeah that franchise got mm-hmm. and i worry that anyone who would take his place would just be trying to mimic that rather than doing their own thing with it okay so that's why i think you know this franchise is who knows what the history like, like who knows what the future holds for it mm. but i do think in a sense it's over now that's kind of a shame because like it clearly wasn't going to be over this soon mm. And it's just a shame that politics has ruined another thing for us. Well, on that bleak note... Okay. <laughs> should we move on to the next thing? Or is that, is that everything you had to say That's about That's pretty much yeah. everything. Is this less bleak? Yeah. It's funny. Okay, I'll yeah. take something less bleak. <laughs> we'll go back to bleak. Okay. Uh, did you see John Stewart on Colbert? Not in its entirety, okay. but I've seen many people... Yeah. <laughs> ...bring up that John Stewart was on Colbert. I love John Stewart. <laughs> Are you, are you a fan of John Stewart? I think I am. It's been yeah. a long time since I've seen John Stewart because I don't know what he hasn't really been doing much. I know he's, no, like, he's he, retired. He, effectively. He, he directed a couple of films, but yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, since he left the Daily Show, I think he's been just been taking it easier. Yeah. At the oh, base. you would, wouldn't you? After oh, yeah. doing that show, oh yeah, like, literally daily. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember like it wasn't early on in our friendship, but I think there was a point where it was like, Sam, recommend comedy to me. Right. I know that you consider yourself a scholar of comedy. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> yeah. I like to think that as well. Mm. But tell me if I've missed anything. Give mm. me a list of comedy. And you trying to cover every portion. Film stand-up. Yeah, so like, yeah every yeah, portion yeah. of the spectrum. Yeah. One of the things you recommended to me was The, J- the Daily Show with Jon Stewart. Right. And yeah, I think because they were in bite-sized segments on YouTube, mm. and also the fact that they were just—it was John Stewart, so it was well written yeah. and well performed, very addictive. Mm. Just clicking through, yeah. Like I watch another one, and I will watch another one, and I will watch another one. And that's the thing, like when I occasionally watch the odd video now, I don't often agree with him. Mm. You know, like that's the thing, but it doesn't matter. Mm. He's such a compelling screen presence. It's kind of the ideal um, person to have a disagreement with isn't it? Yeah. Because it doesn't matter what you disagree on, you know that you're going to have a proper discussion about it. Well, he's funny. And he's funny. He's He's actually funny. He's an engaging presence. It's not, it's not, yeah, it's not, it wouldn't be boring. No. It's like, oh, we'll cover all of the important stuff, but you will be bored out of your mind. It's like, no, this will be an engaging conversation. He seems like a likable dude. Yeah. Trevor Noah doesn't, I must say. (laughs) (laughs) I, yeah, I don't know how long I stuck with Trevor Noah. Mm. I don't think it was long. A week, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, like, nah, this is is not the same. No. But yeah, he went on Colbert and he was talking about the the lab leak theory, hypothesis, uh, with coronavirus from the Wuhan lab. And Colbert is clearly incredibly uncomfortable. Okay. uh, Because, you know, this is... Since COVID started, anyone who's talked about it might have been a lab leak Hmm. has been castigated. Right. From the Overton windows. Like, no... That's conspiracy theories. That's right-wing nonsense. Hmm. That you know, but now the Guardian are reporting on it. You know, turns out maybe they were right all along. <laughs> and like even me, early on, when like my grandfather would say, "Oh, it might come from a lab." Yeah, it's just something you discount because it's so it's too cinematic. It's too like yeah. And the people who were saying it, a lot of the people that were saying it, were the same people that claimed that America didn't land on the moon and right JFK, you know, all that stuff. 
and he's got oh you anything you will believe anything yeah. as long as it's cons- as cons- uh, a conspiracy theory yes but yeah it looks like they were probably right about <laughs> this one and I love that John Stewart had the balls because it clearly wasn't planned mm. Colbert is not happy that they're talking about this <laughs> at all because it's John it's the guy that started his career so there yeah. probably wasn't like a vetting like yeah come on we'll talk about whatever you want to talk about do yeah. your John Stewart thing and he, oh god John Stewart's coming on the show yeah. how wonderful and he chose the opportunity to do that brilliant yeah. there's that one line that is like there's been an explosion of uh, chocolate in Hershey Pennsylvania <laughs> where should we check <laughs> yeah um, it's brilliant I'm glad that I, I wonder how long he's been on that train whether he's been there from the beginning that's the thing you can never know can no. you because it's one of, yeah it might be one of those things where like maybe he thought that was like he started doubting himself it's like mm. well we would know there would be more evidence if that were the case yeah. or it's just the case of like I don't, I don't know though I feel like John Stewart's one of those people especially now that he's out of the loop yes he's not part of that daily show system yeah he wouldn't stay quiet about something no it, it, like if he if he were to stay quiet about something it would be because he would want to accumulate more evidence right as opposed to I can't say this this might seem inflammatory or I might be discarded by yeah. a certain you know certain communities yes and I mean like you know when you look back at his old clips I'm sure it was the writing team that he cultivated but I imagine a lot would have stayed with Trevor Noah it's clearly he's a massive force mm. engineering that you know like driving that ship mm. it's him it was his daily show yeah vast differences in quality like considering I think it was maybe four days of the week right Monday through Thursday the consistency of quality it was always like really snappy taut writing which you wouldn't you'd expect it to be more have an improvised kind of vibe yeah and he delivered it in that way mm. but it's clearly like well written yeah observations is it kind of that like Louis C.K. delivery where he's delivering it as though he's kind of like it's off the cuff yeah. but it's so clearly constructed right yeah and, like it could this could only have been written yes exactly yeah. But yeah, no, I'm just glad that he... Because the audience are kind of kind of with him, kind of not. Mm. I mean, like, Eric Weinstein has been talking about this from the, and Brett Weinstein from the very beginning. Like, it was, it could have been a lab leak. Mm. And it just reinforces my whole thing of, like, some conspiracy theories. Conspiracy theories aren't in and of themselves to be ignored. Because mm. some are right. Some might... Well, some at the very least come from... There are warped, like interpretation of the truth but yeah. there's truth in them yeah and you've got to listen to like the whole idea of free speech was the guy that had the maddest idea mm. it might contain I think Christopher I saw Christopher Hitchens talking about this recently a video obviously um, <laughs> he was talking about free speech law regarding holocaust denial because I think in France it's illegal and maybe some other countries you can't okay. do that um, I imagine in Germany it's probably one of those maybe yeah, yeah. but definitely in France and I don't know if it's illegal, but it's frowned upon, right? If you bring up the Nazis in Germany. Oh, yeah, you're like Adolf illegal. Yeah, like you don't talk about Oh, right, shit. okay. Proper illegal. Yeah, you can't call a kid Adolf. Right. I'm pretty sure you... Oh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I knew that one. Yeah, yeah I just yeah. mean like bring up the Nazis in general. Is that like oh, yeah, it's a probably... punishable offence or do you just get told like seriously... Oh, no, I, it's, it's probably just like... No, I'm sure people talk about it, but the whole political system there hmm. is like... What's the word? Um... Overcorrection? Definitely overcorrection, but has recoiled. Recoiled so far from it mm. that it's engaging in nuttery on the other side of the spectrum. Right. So, like, let, let all the immigrants in. Because literally, I think Angela Merkel said she couldn't have pictures 
of German border guards refusing immigrants at the border. Okay. That can't have those pictures because mm. of what, you know, our history. and Yes. Okay. Um, and obviously, like, the thing with, I think Douglas Murray was talking about, if you read a German newspaper, it'll say something like, a person was attacked by a person in Hamburg. Like, oh, it was an immigrant. Right. Because they're not going into the details. You know, if yeah. it's vague, it's an immigrant. And they yeah, just yeah. don't want to go into it. Um, but yeah, that was... Yeah, Christopher Hitchens talked about Holocaust denial. And he said, there's going to be a guy in the room that says, the Holocaust didn't happen. And if it did happen, if anything, the Jews brought it on themselves. So maybe that guy, there is a grain a grain of truth mm. to what he's saying and he needs to be listened to and even given more protection than the people mm. that are saying otherwise. Why the fuck are we talking about this? I don't know. I, I'm just trust- It was a spin-off of a spin-off. I trust that you're going somewhere with it. Um, well, obviously, John Stewart was speaking his mind so I don't know whether yeah. that came from... Oh, conspiracy theories, maybe? Was that the whole... Yeah, we can't write off every conspiracy yeah, sorry, theory. Yeah, sorry, Eric Yeah, talking about how we need to really listen to the nuttiest people because mm. what they say might have yeah. a grain of truth to it. Wasn't there like... I mean, he says a lot of things. So like, Eric? But yeah, no, no, no. Um, Alex Jones. Oh, okay. Alex Jones <laughs> says a lot of things. The <laughs> fact that like one thing might have turned out to be true, mm. that's like not a, that's not much of a victory. Because oh, no. percentage-wise, he he's is still bonkers. mostly wrong. Yeah. But wasn't there like an Alex Jones, like one of his mad theories, that it turned out that like, oh, there's actually something to this. Like, he blew the whistle on There's something. been a couple of things that he's blown the whistle on that yeah. turned out to be true, but I can't remember what they are. No, but my point is that, like, he's probably... If you were to, like, who's the nuttiest person mm. out there today? Probably Alex Jones, right? Generally speaking? Yeah. I don't know. Because, like, Trump is, like, oh, Trump is evil, but Alex Jones is, like, he's bonkers. Like, he's a maniac. He's probably the most popular maniac. Yeah. Yeah. Depends how you define maniac. Like, if you talk about Ibram X. Kendi and, um, what's his face? Black Panther Man. I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know, yeah, I don't know who, not necessarily the most radical. I don't know who no. the most radical person is. Yeah. But just like, you know, are oh, they turning the fucking frogs gay? Y- yeah. Like, that's mad. That is a mad yeah. person. Yeah, that's Alex Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Trump says things, but he doesn't say anything that mad. Not that mad. No. No. Yeah, so in terms of just like a nutter, a complete nutter, yeah. <laughs> Alex Jones is probably up there. Probably. And even he has blown the whistle on a couple of things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Stop clock. Mm. You throw enough stuff at the wall, something's going to be... Yeah, exactly, know, Something's going to yeah. stick, something's going to be right. Uh, yeah, anyway, I just want to bring that up, like, good on John Stewart, basically. Yeah. Do yeah. we think any... Well, it's been a little while since that happened, so you probably had a good answer, mm. or an answer at the very right. least. Has anything become of it? Not like, really. Have people hand wave John Stewart off? It's like, oh, John Stewart, he's just, oh, he's missing the limelight. Well, the only people I've heard talk about it are conservatives. I haven't really seen it reported on. Okay. Because usually with the stuff you'd get, John Stewart launches bizarre tirade. Yeah. On a, no, it's just been conservatives going, ha, I like John Stewart. I hate Trevor Noah. He's funny and he's <laughs> white. Right. It's basically all I've seen about it. Um, so no, I don't think, I think like John Stewart probably has enough liberal credentials. He's fortified himself against the, yeah, they're not that kind of back John Stewart out of the club, are they? No, yeah. I mean, he's the Daily Show. <laughs> you know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, slightly more bleak. Uh, oh, no. Have you ever heard of Basecamp, the company? No. They're a tech company. I don't really know what they do because I don't really know what tech is. Okay. Um, but they... They were the first tech company 
uh, where the CEO said, we're not going to talk about politics in the workplace. Oh, okay. We're not going to do it. Right. Like you could set up your own, is a sub stack, that's a thing. Uh, okay. Like a messaging thing. Possibly, yeah. Uh, like on the intranet, like if you want to talk about it on your own time, mm. fine. But like in the workplace and with our customers and stuff, we're not going to talk about mm. politics. And the reason that came about was because there was this thing floating around the office called the oppression pyramid. You familiar with this? I'm not familiar with it. It basically tries to chart how one thing eventually builds to the worst thing, right? Okay. Basically, at the bottom of this pyramid was making fun of funny names. Okay. Which some employees were doing. And, like, I, I heard this on the Sam Harris podcast. This, the CEO is called Jason Freed. And he's talking to Sam Harris. And he was saying, you know, and yeah, okay, I should have been more diligent as a CEO and, like, stamped it out. And, you know, but, like, realistically, he probably didn't give a shit. Mm. Who cares if your employees are making fun of some funny names mm. of the customers or whatever? I bring this up because you've done exactly this to me. <laughs> <laughs> right? And and unfortunately, you put me in a position where I can't reveal any of these funny names. No. Because that would be a breach of... I mean, <laughs> it should be said for the sake of my contract, I haven't actually told you any... None of the names I've told you are actually real. Not at so, all. No. no. You're going to bleep them out, aren't you, if I say them? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that being one of them. <laughs> Yeah, um, but you've you've done this. Yes, for, for a brief spell. Some people you were coming over my house and saying, "Oh, you'll never believe this one name today." Yeah, and the thing is, now forgetting that it's okay to make fun of funny names anyway. Mm. Who gives a shit? Some about people funny have funny names, names. But, but also, think, it's just I, like it's in. An, we're interested. I like people with interesting names. It implies character. It's like, yeah, yeah. what is that person like on a day-to-day right. basis? Right, it's unique. Yeah. yeah. Maybe this is just the writer in us talking. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Not the, you know, the collective writer, just like us as individual writers. Yes, yeah. Not like the hive mind of the writer within us. Yes. But it's a fun exercise to be like, right, this bizarre name you've put forth to me, mm. who is this person? Right. What do they do? What yes. Do they- but I think, like, I don't know if this is part of the oppression pyramid, but I think when some... Some people will hear, like, oh, they were making fun of funny names. And they might assume, oh, so it's a racial Jamali thing. Ibrahim. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're, ma- you're making fun of a foreign person's name. Yeah. Like, no, no. No, I imagine it's, like, people, I don't know, called, like, Jiminy Flubbers yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah, It's exactly. going to be funny names Just, like, like that, people yeah. who clearly live in, like, the same country as you and yeah. are of a similar demographic to you. But even They just have not, really out there names. But even exotic names are funny if you're not of that, like... The most Arabic name, Mohammed bin Mohammed, is not funny. No. You don't laugh because it's different. Yeah. Ibrahim Al-Khazar is not a funny name. No. But there are going to be versions yeah. that are funny. Jamil Lightbulb is funny. Jamil Lightbulb, yeah, exactly. Um, Abdul Khaki. <laughs> <laughs> Khaki or Khaki? Khaki. Khaki. Yeah, yeah. Okay. One, one word, but Khaki. Khaki. Not like the yeah. military yeah, camouflage. Yes, yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so at the bottom of the suppression pyramid was making fun of funny names, and at the top was genocide. <laughs> right, okay. And it was kind of implying that you start here... <laughs> that person's got a funny name. I want him dead. <laughs> like, you start where you start, and the inevitable consequence of that is genocide. Right. Right? And when, when he saw it, he was like, that's fucking just ridiculous. <laughs> no more politics in the workplace. Yeah. And so, you know, a, pl- a pause... 
very good thing. Well, I I assume they're Silicon Valley based. The Silicon Valley, yeah, yeah, that's not a like that's a bold move. It's pretty much the the leftiest place in the world, I think. That I yeah, that from what I hear, other than, like other than North Korea and stuff, whatever yeah. you think of that. But yeah, like in America at least, like Elon Musk seems to be an outlier in the sense that he just kind of does whatever he, he wants. He does whatever he wants. He has fuck you money. But that's the thing; he's yeah. got fuck you money. Yeah. Like no one is going to try and cancel Elon Musk because no. he can buy. Mars. You can buy Mars and yeah. probably already has. Yes. You're not you going to try. to Mars. Yeah, you yeah. can't. Like, oh, you want to go to Mars one day? Say you're sorry. <laughs> Apologize to me now. Right. Uh, but yeah, like a, a, C, a CEO of a tech company mm. in Silicon Valley saying no politics. Yes. Like, that's not an insubstantial. No. That's not like a nothing thing. No, that's big. Yeah. That's big. I think maybe a, a couple of companies have followed suit. Okay. And it's it's a, it's you know a good trend if that continues, but I think a third of his staff left, right, or boycotted like customers boycotted it. Mm. I was not because they endorsed a, a particular position, mm. just because they said we're not going to talk about politics. So we're at the point now where you can't even not voice a political opinion. Right. It wasn't like you went. Oh yeah, we're not. So we're talk- not. We're not going to not talk about politics. Right. If you right. if you won't let us talk, we have to talk about politics or we are leaving. Okay. Because I think he's not like saying this is left wing claptrap. Uh, <laughs> you know, we, we are a, we are a centrist. Cl- it was like no, like, we're not going to do politics mm. on any side. It's clear no good can come from this, right? And it can't. Politics yeah. in the workplace, no good can come of it mm. unless you're a politician. Uh, yeah, I, you might have to talk yeah, about yeah. politics in the workplace. Then but a third of his staff left. Yeah, they walked away. Mm. I think they bounced back and he, they're doing all right. But, um, yeah, I just wanted to let you know that you are on a course to genocide, Jordan. Oh, am I? You are. Okay. By making fun of these funny names. Right. Well, they shouldn't have funny names then, should they? No. Uh, watch your back, mate. (laughs) (laughs) You've got a criddle coming for you. (laughs) Yeah, I'm one to talk, aren't I? Jordan Criddle. Criddle is a funny name. Yeah. It is a funny name. Because it's a a verb, but it just doesn't exist. (laughs) It's a verb that doesn't exist, doesn't it? <laughs> doesn't yeah. Exist. Criddle. I criddled over there, I criddled over here, <laughs> criddled everywhere. Um, I have a boring... I wish I had a more interesting name. Reese. Not a funny name, but just something. Mm. Sam Reese. Yeah. Kind of, uh. <laughs> anyway, do you have anything else? For that specific... No, just next subject. Oh, next subject. Yes. Oh, so that was all you wanted to say, was this is a thing that's happened and that's good? And we should commend it, and you're on a fast track to genocide. Okay. Yes. Good. All right. Glad we're all <laughs> on the same page. Um, well, you know what I did recently? What'd you do? Part of the discussion... We had a discussion in the episode that we're now not releasing. Mm. And for some reason, like, generational... Uh, the, the, the phrase, is that a generational thing, came up. Yeah. I don't remember exactly what it was in reference to. And what it's in reference to doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah. Just it, That phrase came mm. up. And I was immediately reminded of the fact that the Rugrats reboot happened Mm. recently. Okay. And the thing that drew the connection there for me, it was this horrifying moment where I kind of realised that the original Rugrats debuted in 1991. Did it? It debuted in 1991. Obviously, I was born in 1995. You were born in 94. Mm -hmm. Uh, My bank details are... We've revealed our last names. We've revealed our birthdays. Um, Sagittarius. (laughs) Leo. Yeah, five ten. Uh, I think six. Uh, twelve inches. <laughs> <laughs> Two. <laughs> um, 
leg length, yeah? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, third leg. Third leg. Tripod. <laughs> tripod. I'd be a 24-hour <laughs> tripod. <laughs> that was the IT crowd, if you want to go. <laughs> What's the IT crowd? Um, yeah, it was released in 1991. I was born after the Rugrats debuted, but it was something that I watched when I was a kid. Yep. Did you watch it when you were a kid? I did indeed, yes. Yes, and I had the horrible realisation mm. that if you were a child when the Rugrats was on and you watched the Rugrats as a tri- child, yeah. you are now old enough you could be those babies' parents. Yes. You could be Tommy's parents. Yeah, well, like, of that age, anyway. Like, of a suitable age. Yeah, I don't know exactly how old... Because, like, Stu and Dee Dee, they're in their, like, their 40s, right? I Well, like, in the original, certainly. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they yeah, seem yeah, very, right. like... I don't know. Like, I imagine that's a deliberate... Unless they actually say it in an episode. Unless, genuinely, we were that young... Mm. That they were supposed to be in like their late twenties, thirties, and we but just they, didn't. They seem ageless. They do. I mean, Stu's got like the the gristle, the stubble, so like he seems a kind bit of. older. Yeah, but um, but yeah, how the like look at like Didi or Stu? How the fuck old are they? Well, because there's a lot of stuff about like Stu going through a midlife crisis. He's mm. got that vibe about him, hasn't he? <laughs> yes. So I suppose he'd, he'd have to be in his forties, really. Or, Maybe. Yeah, late thirties at the earliest. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how old that generation were when they were having children whether they had children later or had them earlier earlier generally speaking like my how old were your parents when they had you uh like they were in their 30s oh so a bit later then yeah my mother was 24 my father was 31 okay but i think that was generally common like early 20s that sort of thing okay now it seems late 20s early 30s Mm. is the default or you slip up and have them really early or really early yeah 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 you don't have them early anymore you have them really early or you have them later yes you don't, you don't... No one settled down at 22, 23 and go, it's time now to have a child. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's like, well... Babies I'm, just happen. Now. Yeah. Yeah. You get you hit your mid-20s and you're like, right, my kid's off to college now. Right. I should probably consider, <laughs> like, starting my life. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of a horrible realisation of, oh, shit. We're um, the parents. Yeah, we're the parents now. Yeah. No, reinforced by the fact that in an episode of the reboot, Stu... Well, a couple of episodes, actually, I think. Stu is playing video games. Right. Okay. He's a gamer now. How old is he supposed to be? I don't know. This is like the weird... Because the reboot is doing the the bullshit thing that all animation seems to be doing now, where it's 3D animation on a budget. Right. Like Postman Pat. Yeah. 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 And it's got that horrible, like... It's both too realistic and not realistic at the same time. Right. Because they've they've transposed... With the exception of one character that we'll get to. Mm. They've transposed the original 2D designs and they've just made 3D models of them. Mm. So Tommy is still, like, sort of stout and bald and mm. Chucky has that wild orange hair. Dee Dee has those, like, circular green glasses and, again, like, that, yeah. like the hair that goes up and out to the sides. Yeah, the trident kind of yeah. Yeah, yeah. Designs that were clearly built for 2D. Yes. Not 3D animation. Right. But they got yeah they they do the thing that the animation used to do as well where the characters that are wearing glasses their eyes fill up the entire lens of the glasses yeah so you've got the frame and then within the frame you've got completely white yes. and then a black dot yeah the 3D models are doing that mm. but yet Spike has realistic fur right like realistic dog fur okay. now okay and Chucky's got his entire glasses are just his eyes but his frames are clearly like. You can see, like, the metal texturing on them. Right. So it's kind of too realistic. Okay. But it's also a weird be- blend. Yeah, but also because they're really stylized designs, mm. they're not realistic enough. Okay. So Tommy looks like he's made of plastic. Right. 
because he's got no hair whatsoever okay. and his eyes are just slightly sunken into his face. He looks kind of creepy, honestly. <laughs> um, I don't know. Again, I don't know what point I was leading to there. Leading to uh, the generational thing, right? Yeah. The difference between what they what the parents are now than what they used to oh, be. Oh, I suppose that's yeah, part yeah. of it, yeah. yeah. Like the, the changes that they've made because they mm. have made changes. Yeah. Stu now plays video games. Yeah. I think he is still an inventor. Right. Because, like, in the pilot of the reboot, I think Stu comes out of the garage and Drew, who's Angelica's father, mm. is like, I thought you invented a, like, a camera for the door for Grandpa. Mm. And I think that's the only time, of the episodes that I've seen, that's the only time that Stu being an inventor is brought up. Right. The rest of the time, he's either just with the adults mm. or he's playing video games. Is he, like, kind of a slacker guy? I kind of. I, again, he kind of looks like how he used to look. Mm. But I think, like, there's one episode where he goes into the kitchen and he steps in, like, a like a puddle of piss. Mm. And he goes, not my um, Eclipse Moon socks. Right. That typical nerd thing of, like, they have to specify the thing. Okay. Like, he's we- like he's clearly wearing those socks because he's a fan of the property. Right, right. And he has to say the property in its entirety. Okay. Because that's a very nerd thing to do. Okay. Like, not my Eclipse Moon socks that are- were in mint condition or whatever. Right. You know? Okay. So, yeah, I don't know exactly how old he's supposed... But again, like, you know, a 40-year-old gamer is not... It makes sense. Like, oh yeah, yeah. That's that's plausible now. Very. My uncle's in his forties, and he's a, not like that. Not a gamer, gamer. Yeah. But he still like plays video games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just more undignified, isn't it? Because when you tell me as well that what of Phil and Lil's parents now? Oh right, yeah. So we'll go through. I'll go yeah. through the changes. Um, it's been updated. Yes, I think I. I haven't seen any of the uh, marketing around it, so I don't know if there have been proclamations of. Right. Uh, Oh, we're updating it for a modern yeah. audience and all that bullshit. Contemporarized. Contemporarized. Yeah. But yes, I think Stu is still an inventor that's just been severely backgrounded. Mm. Dee Dee was a teacher. Was she? Okay. I think she was a teacher. Right. She now runs an online boutique. Right. <laughs> from her greenhouse in the garden. Okay. I don't know what Chucky's father's doing. I don't know what he did in the original, in fairness. Coda. Coder? It's probably a coder or something, isn't it? Oh, right. I see what you're saying. <laughs> no, he's a coder. He comes at the end. <laughs> yeah, he's an apologue. <laughs> wow, that's a hell of an insult to someone, isn't it? <laughs> you're an apologue, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, is that an insult? You're Cause, an apologue. Because you like, you're left with the apologue. The apologue is the last thing you... But it's also an afterthought, isn't it? Oh, yes, I suppose. Story's so. over. Yeah. You know, oh, you don't matter. You're, you're, just, you're just detail. Yeah. You're just there. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, that's a terrible insult. You're just an epilogue, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I just like picturing, picturing myself um, just in a situation where it's like, you know, like you've got like a guy in the in the pub and he's giving you shit. Mm. It's like, oh, you're starting to fight, mate. You want to fight me? And it's like, you're just an epilogue, mate. <laughs> what? <laughs> you having a go at me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I don't know what Chucky's father is doing. Angelica's mother used to be a CEO mm. of like a, a company. Mm. Now she's a council person. A council person. Not a council woman. She is a council person. Oh, uh, right. Okay. She is on the council. Right. Yes. Okay. Well, all right. All right. I mean, the whole council person thing is silly, but that's timeless really, isn't it? Yeah. I just don't know why... Why bother changing it? Why... Surely you... Like, oh, a female CEO will foreground that, but they took that position away from her? (laughs) Maybe a female in politics now is more... But I think she's basically just the mayor's lackey. She's oh, kind of she's kind of 
from like the one episode I've seen her in, she seems to be waiting hand on foot to the mayor, which admittedly <laughs> we've never met. So I don't know whether the mayor is like a guy or a girl. Okay. But yeah, CEO is like, she's the boss. She runs her own company. She is the mm. shit. But now she's just like some lackey on the council. Okay. Yeah, that's been changed. Phil and Lil, uh, that's probably the biggest change because their mother is now openly gay. Right. And the father is not in the show. He oh. goes completely unmentioned. Is there a wife? Or no, she is single. She is a single right. gay mother. How does that come up in the children's show? I think Dee Dee is like looking at something on the phone. Because what they've done there, she wasn't gay before, right? Obviously, no, she wasn't gay. She was like alternative. She was masculine. Yeah, they've interpreted, they've reinterpreted Bohemian as lesbian, which is that's what she was, wasn't? Yeah, it? which is kind of like um, what you call it's it? almost derogatory, like typecasting, kind of. Yeah, like a woman like because yeah, she was a bit lesbianic. But now they're saying, yeah, she she is. Yeah, well, yeah, she was she was like a butch, masculine, yeah, woman, and then the father was kind of meek by comparison. Yeah, I know that Chucky's father is quite meek. Yeah, but like she was like, oh, she clearly wears the pants in the family. Mm. She's quite an abrasive, not abrasive, but like you know, she's very um, outspoken, outspoken yeah, yeah. individual. But no, she's just she's just a single gay mother. Okay, now, although weirdly. Because I don't know if you remember, like, what one detail about that character. She always used to wear a jumper that had the the female symbol on it. I just remember wearing a headband. Oh, she wore a headband. Yeah. And then I don't know if it's a feminism symbol or whether it's just a female symbol. Okay. But it's the cir- it's the circle yeah. with, like, the cross at the bottom. Yeah. Is that w- woman. Woman. Yeah, yeah. She always used to wear that right. in the original series. That's gone now. Okay. She just wears a shirt with, like, the two- Roman numeral for number two on it. Probably two on the nose, right? Maybe. Make her a lesbian and she's wearing like a woman shirt. Like maybe we let's not do that. Okay. I don't know. That's, that seemed weird to me. But like mm. you made her gay. Yeah. You, you basically typecast that character. Yeah. But you took away like but the, probably a rebel- defining symbol. They're rebelling against what we were talking about earlier. Like gay just being your thing. Mm. It's like, no, if she's lesbian, we can't have her wearing it. She's got to be like a cool lesbian. Right. It's like she can't wear the, uh, the band t-shirt to the gig. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So, but how, yeah, how does that come up again in a kid's show? Oh, yeah, I think Dee Dee's just like looking at someone on the phone or talking to someone right. on the phone. And she offhandedly goes, oh, I had a girlfriend who was like that. Oh, right. Okay. I see. Yeah, so it's not like, uh, you know, kids, I'm actually gay. No, but it's, still. It's not like a still, moment. It's just kind of like, oh, yeah, I'm that's gay. That's still forcing parents to explain to their children why, she, why a girl has a girlfriend. Yes. Why, she, why doesn't she have a boyfriend? Yeah. And I'm, again, we're not saying there's anything wrong with it. It's just like, is that the place to be having that conversation? Well, there is no conversation, is there? No. No, force that In the show. That's yeah, the yeah. thing. There's yeah. no conversation in the show. So people go, oh, but there is no conversation. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's the fact that you have to have... Yeah. But actually, I was thinking about it when I was watching... Because I've seen two episodes of the reboot. Mm. Um, and I suppose we'll get to all that in a minute. But like, the fact that Phil and Lil's mother is now gay, mm. I don't see why that's a reason to get rid of the father. Too complex. Cool, they're trying to do the single mother thing as well, aren't they? They're trying to pick up single mothers. But Charlie, uh, Charlie, Chucky's father is single. Yeah, but that's dies. a single father. That's different. Oh, that doesn't that's that doesn't count, does it? Well, it's different. Okay, they're very different things. Well, why why not introduce a new character that has a single parent? Why did you have to get rid of a father was, figure of the was, show? Were Phil and Lil's father? I can't even remember. Was he that significant? That's the thing. Like, yeah. I, I didn't read. Like, this is a character I had forgotten about. Right. But yeah, no. Like, why, why get rid of him entirely? Surely you, that could be. You could do something with that. The fact that what 
the father is still a part of because they still have a father. Yeah, obviously. Just because she's gay doesn't mean that they don't. Have You'll a probably father. come into her at some point. Maybe. I mean, it's not a narrative thing, is it? It's like it just the episodes have to entertain the kids. They do, but like the old Rugrats, those episodes did do something. But they were episodic, though. They were episodic, yeah. but they had morals. They had like ideas. They weren't. They, they weren't yeah. completely disposable. I'm not saying disposable, but like you know what I'm saying. The the fact that they are just self contained. Hmm. Kids don't care about the story of Rugrats. It's what's going on in that twenty minutes. No, they don't, yeah, they don't care. But I don't know. I feel like. Because, yeah, the, the fact the reboot exists, it sort of encouraged me to go back and watch some of the original right. episodes as well. And I will say, I don't, like, have a lot of memories of Rugrats. Mm. But going back to some of those old episodes, it was like The Simpsons. I was watching thinking, yeah. like, I remember I've all seen, of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I properly remember mm-hmm. this. It's like rediscovering mm-hmm. all these memories mm. that I didn't know I had. But, yeah, like, a couple of the episodes that I saw, I think I saw the pilot for, for comparison, as a point of comparison. Mm-hmm. I saw the episode where they go swimming. Mm-hmm. I saw the episode where they, it's like they're they're in the playground, but it's, it's like a, it's a desert because yeah. it's like a heat wave. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of episodes like that, and like the there was the moments in there that were actually quite wholesome, almost, which I wasn't quite expecting because like you weren't expecting wholesome from Rugrats. Well, no, because like my memory of Rugrats is that it's like the babies are just kind of like. Oh, you know, they've misunderstood a situation and right. they're getting themselves in danger. And I don't really remember any of the content. I just remember the style. Oh, yeah. The style is yeah. very um, iconic. Yeah, yeah. Which is part of the thing that's lost during the 3D. Yeah, like if you're, if you're going to remake it, you have to do it in that style. Yeah, the music as well. Point. That's disappointing. Is the I music, think, yeah. Because like in the, obviously at the beginning of every episode, they have that like starburst yeah. come up on screen with like the title of the episode. Garish and just yeah. over. Like, yeah. Do, 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 do. Yeah, yeah. And then in the reboot, it's just the sound of, like, paper uncrumpling. All right. To silence. <laughs> Bleak. Fuck. Like, right. this is all... Like, immediately. You ha- I haven't seen a frame of the episode right. yet, and you've just... You've got it wrong, straight yeah. away, quite yeah. frankly. But yeah, like, the first episode of the reboot, like, Chucky... It starts with, like, an extended Jurassic Park reference. Because mm. the babies are trying to outrun a T-Rex, mm-hmm. which eight minutes in... They reveal to be Angelica, mm. who's chasing them. And then Chucky decides that he wants to be brave. Mm. So Phil and Lil make him eat mud. Mm. And he accidentally eats half a worm. So Angelica convinces him that he's going to turn into a worm. And he has a nightmare sequence where he does turn into a worm. Mm. Which, given the fact that it's not good 3D, was quite nightmarish. Okay. Like, right. I think if you show that to a kid, it's like, oh, no. Oh, I don't like that. At all. That's good though, isn't it? I think kids are more resilient than people. I don't know because, like, Rugrats, the original Rugrats, it was sort of part of that era of animation where cartoons weren't afraid of scaring children. Mm-hmm. Like they they were fine scaring children. Yeah, and it was one of those shows where an episode could be funny, scary, and wholesome. Mm-hmm. I remember, like, not necessarily the episode because I haven't rewatched the episode, but the Rugrats search for reptile video game. Mm. That level set in the toy store. Yeah, it's terrifying. With the gorillas chasing you. Yeah. Fuck. Terrifying. I would never play it because you didn't have to play yeah. every mini game to finish to yeah. get to the end. So I, I always avoided it. I always started. Oh, really? I always, like, I'm, well, that's that pure morbid, like, I have to face this. <laughs> so I always, like, made myself start, mm. walk a little bit. <laughs> and then walk a little bit more, you know. Uh, yeah, just with well, the whole Rugrats thing, the whole vibe has an offness to it. Yeah, the show and the game—it's just weird. Yes, it's there's like an an isolation to the whole thing almost. 
I mean, in the game, certainly. In the game, certainly, yeah. It's just you in that house. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's weird. Mm. It's just, like, a bit creepy. Well, but in I mean, a good way. Yeah, but, like, I mean, that animation, it's obviously done in such a way where it's 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 showing things from a baby's perspective. Mm. Like, in the pilot episode, when Tommy's being fed by his parents, mm. he's looking up at them. You just see from their waist up, and like, these yes. towering figures yeah. who were, like, shoving food in his face. And it's quite like, oh, God, mm. get out of my face. Mm. And the new one kind of loses that somewhat. Right. Because it's it can't be as expressive and kind of... Yeah. Um, Visceral. Exaggerated, yeah. I suppose. But yeah, when it, when Angelica is like a crow and she's trying to eat Chucky, who's become a worm, mm. it's like that uncanny 3D animation. Right. So it's not like good scary. Right. It's sort of like creepy scary. Okay. Which I don't know. Like there's yeah. a difference between like good scary and bad scary. I would say this is kind of like on the... Like I don't... This is a nightmare sequence, but I don't know. I don't feel like it's scary. I don't think it's, like, scary correctly. Well, if it's a nightmare sequence and it is scary, it's doing something, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I just, I didn't Okay, like fair it. enough. But yeah, she, like, he has a nightmare where he turns into a worm. Mm. So then I think they have to, they decide, through some, like, weird logic, they decide they have to go to the park to get a dinosaur tooth so that... Chucky can wish on the dinosaur to, to not turn into a worm. Okay. And because he was never going to turn into a worm, they think it works. Mm-hmm. And that's like the 40-minute pilot of the Rugrats reboot. Mm-hmm. In the reboot of the original show, it's Tommy's first birthday. So, like, all of the characters coming over one by one and you get to meet everyone. It's very, like, clean framing device to introduce all the characters to the show. Mm-hmm. And the plot is the babies want to eat dog food. Right. Because Tommy sees a commercial where... This specific brand of dog food, it's like, oh, this will make your dog faster and better, right. and, you know. And they get this idea, they're like, oh, dogs have the best life ever. Right. They get to pee where they want, they get to sleep in the flower bed, everybody loves them. Mm. I want to turn into a dog, let's eat the dog food. Okay. So the whole episode is just them trying to eat the dog food. Okay. And it's like, it's it's very simple, mm. and... The the thing that I liked about it as well is that there's this conflict going on with the adults because you meet mm. all of the adults basically mm. apart from Angelica's mother I don't know why she wasn't there but obviously Tommy's mother and Angelica's sorry Tommy's father mm. and Angelica's father mm. are brothers yeah. they are constantly bickering right. there's like clearly tensions from their childhood that are like bubbling to the surface and the parents are like disapproving of them and then Dee Dee's parents come over and they're like this old Jewish couple who are constantly like, eh, the cake is not very good. What are you doing? Okay. This like really tense environment is mm. built over the course of the episode. And the babies eat the dog food in the end. They mm. succeed. Mm. It's obviously disgusting because so they spit it out. And then they, they're they like, oh, I feel like I'm turning into a dog already. And then they start pretending to be dogs. Right. And the adults see this and all tension leaves the room. Because they, they unite over the cuteness. Yeah. They're right. like, oh my God, the babies. It's okay. so adorable. And then the episode ends with like, just pictures of that of that birthday. Uh-huh. Right. Even though it didn't go according to plan and it was a complete disaster, mm. which was part of the thing that fueled the tension, it's considered a success because the kids are happy. Right. It's like, oh, that's actually quite right. heartwarming. Right. And that's stuff that you don't pick up on when you're younger, I don't think. But no. like going back to it, it's like, okay, there is actually, it's not just weird. Mm. It's entertaining and a kid would enjoy it, but there's actually something nice. That's the original. That's the original. Yeah, I was, because for the longest time I thought you were talking about the remake and I was like, this sounds too good for that's the- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say as well, I probably should have started by saying there's two things that, going back to the original show, there are two things that date it. Mm-hmm. And that's the style of animation and the fact that it's well written. Yeah. <laughs> Frankly. Yeah. Because, like, that pilot is half the length of the pilot of the reboots. 
Mm. And for all the shit that happens in the reboot, there's no, like, like that thread of, like, oh, Chucky wants to be brave, so he eats mud, but then he's mm. going to turn into a worm, so they have to go to the dinosaur, and mm. all this convolute. And then on the side, like, Angelica and Grandpa are at home, and Grandpa is trying to break, bake cookies, mm. and Angelica is, like, on Tinder, and she's, like, uh, swiping left on all of these women that are showing up to the house right. because they think Grandpa wants to go on a date with them. Okay. And then a guy shows up, and he's like, oh, do you want to go on a date with me? And Grandpa's like, oh, I don't go that way, buddy. And he's like, oh, fair enough. Right. It's like all of this shit's happening. It's mm. like, no, the original. Yeah. Like the babies want to eat dog food. The, the adults are getting more and more upset. And then the babies are happy at the end. So the adults are like, this was a success. Right. Nice, clean, wholesome story. Mm-hmm. Versus all of this like, oh, let's just, let's just throw in references to Tinder. Let's just do like. Yeah. Let's just turn grandpa into this fucking hippie, dippy. That was the, that's the biggest thing. Do you have any memories of Grandpa? No. From the Rugrats? He's, I don't know how to describe him. He's like this, um, he's one of those, like, back in my day, we had, you know, we had to walk 15 miles before someone showed us some respect. He's curmudgeonly. He's a curmudgeoned old man who, like, he did everything when he was younger and he was in the war and, like, I think his, his sons are kind of like, oh, Grandpa, you're just, you know, oh, you're just a crazy old man. But the kids genuinely love him. Yeah. Um, cause he, lo- he like, he is so affectionate towards them. And well, he's, he's grandpa. And he's a grandpa yeah. and he adores them. But yeah, he's this old curmudgeon who's kind of like, you know, I'm going to take my teeth out to eat that potato salad. And like, don't take your teeth out. I was like, I'll do what I want. Right, okay. He's one of those guys. Now in the reboot, he's like this, but you know, babies, find your inner peace while uh, okay. I make you some cookies. Right. Like, what the fuck is this guy? Well, it's cause he's got like a ponytail, like, like a flattered ponytail. It's from the sixties. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. But, Rather than the 40s and the, you know. But that's the thing, like, every other character, with the exception of, like, their occupations are different, mm-hmm. and Stu now plays video games. Mm. Most characters seem to have made the transition mm. without losing too much. I will say the babies, I don't like the designs of some of the babies. Mm. I think Tommy in particular does look really creepy. Right. Angelica look, works quite well, actually. Okay. It, whenever she's on screen, it works. Right. I, her animation just seems better. I don't know okay. why, but she just seems to work. Pigtails, possibly. Yeah. yeah. So somehow she's more expressive. But why is it the like yeah, the babies? Yeah, the transition is almost flawless because mm. the impressions. Because uh, I don't know if all of the babies have their original voice actors back. Right. Well, some do, do they? Yeah. Some okay. some of the original cast did return. Right. I think all the surviving, most of the surviving cast members returned. Mm-hmm. But some people are doing the impressions. And with the babies in particular, the impressions are flawless. Mm-hmm. I can't tell if they're impersonators or the real people. Okay. So credit for mm-hmm. that, I suppose. But why is Grandpa the one character that's like completely different? Because uh, his generational context is different. I'm not saying that's right. But, like, but that's why they've done that. It's like, oh, he'd be from the 60s now. Oh, he'd be like a hippie. But I opened this discussion by saying that we'd be the parents now. Yeah. And yet, apart from, like, minor details that don't seem to impact their character too much, mm-hmm. they're the same people. Dee Dee is still this kind of, like, you know, oh, we have to do everything by the book. The babies have to be safe. She's still that character, but she just owns an online boutique now. Yeah. Whereas Grandpa is... He's Michael McKean? Yeah. From Better Call Saul? Yeah. And... Spinal Tap. Spinal Tap. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he does the voice of Grandpa now. He's Grandpa, okay. Which, and he's not doing like a back in my day. He's not doing that. He's just doing his normal voice. Well, there... He sounds... I know he's in his 70s, but he sounds as young as Stu and Drew. Right. He sounds as young as his children. It's the, bizarre. The parents aren't our age, are they? 
We no. we we are old enough to be the parents, but they're not. If he if grandpa's from the sixties, yeah, um, our parents are from the eighties. Yes, like their youth is. Well, the, I think is grandpa is seventy. He's seventy. I think he's seventy. I don't know what that makes the parents though. Yeah, so you would have been born if it's set now in nineteen fifty. So late sixties, seventies. Yeah, be, yeah, hippie. You know. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, th- I think we, they're not in their 20s. They're probably at least in their 30s, the mm. parents. Um, but yeah, is Phil and Lil's mother a barista? Oh yeah, she's a barista, yeah. 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 I don't know thing- what her original occupation was, or even if she had one. Like, yeah. it might She might not have been important enough to, for, they give her a job. for them to do stories about her. But yeah, like we meet her, we meet her in the park, but then like it goes to the coffee shop where she works and mm. she's like, I got a coffee here for Gen Z. And then somebody ke- comes up and takes a selfie with the coffee. Okay. There's, there's and I a kind think of, I cried a there's, a, there's a kind of rejection of timelessness that shows have now. Where Inventor yeah. is an archaic job. It was an archaic job in 1991. Hmm. No one ha- goes by the job Inventor. That's from the 30s and 40s and 50s. Yeah. CEO. Time, these kind of timeless jobs. Only I find councilwoman, council person uh, is kind of timeless. But the gamer... Okay, like from now on, that might be timeless. But mm. the type of game that he's playing, or like the console, you know. Mm. Well, I, th- I think it looked like he was using an Xbox controller. Yeah, okay, yeah. But like the game he was playing, it was sort of it looked kind of like a pixelated eighties kind of game. Like ninety, yeah, maybe nineties. Sort okay. of like that early, very early three D graphics, where it was still kind yeah. of like pixely, okay, and like Doom kind of. Uh, so yeah you got that the barista obviously barista's been around for a long time but that's especially now chic coffee houses and stuff mm. it's just gonna age unlike taking the selfie and, and Tinder and all that it's just like our generation is just wholly less dignified I think <laughs> like those jobs they don't have the gravitas of inventor no. yeah. and and they could have kept that you don't need to be fiercely relevant no because it dates you it does date you, but like all of the 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 facets of Rugrats, yeah, the original Rugrats. Now, Dee Dee was a teacher. Mm-hmm. We have teachers now. Yeah, Steel was an inventor. Like, okay, maybe that seems a bit. But, I mean, it's still a job. It's like no one goes by that. No one goes by yeah. inventor, but I don't know. There's a parallel there to be drawn between, like, an artist. Like, an artist will they'll like do the thing at university and then they won't get a proper job. They'll work mm. in like coffee houses or part-time workers. They're mm. like, no, I'm going to be an inventor. That's all I'm going to be. Mm. And this is a similar thing with artists. Like, no, I'm going to be well, an artist. Well, artist is a vague term is the thing. Yeah. yeah but like an, an actor, artist. What does that mean? But an actor will be like, oh, I'll take up smaller menial jobs mm. so that if an acting gig comes along, I'll be available for right. it. Because that's my career. Mm. I'm not going to get a job in tech or whatever mm. because... I don't want a career. Acting is my career. Yes. So there's a parallel. Like, even though it would be inventor, mm. the fact that he's struggling and the mm. fact that he's like, oh, I'm making all these inventions because one day I'll be a famous inventor. Mm. That desire mm. is timeless. Yeah. So I don't know why that had to be got rid of. Mm. And yeah, the fact that she was a CEO, like, it, that does seem weird to me that it was like, oh, we're not going to, we're just going to make her a council person. Yeah. Because like a female CEO, that should be celebrated in today's society. It's like, oh, she did it. She made it, you know? Mm. Because that's one of the things. It's like, oh, there's no female CEOs or there's very few female CEOs. I don't know. I guess they just reasoned that um, a woman in politics is is a bit more, has a bit more to it in this day and age. Because because politics is everything? Because politics is everything. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Um, because Kamala Harris and... (laughs) Yeah. Or, you know. 
Yeah, exactly. Nancy Pelosi and that. But yeah, like for all of that stuff that supposedly dated, and obviously the phones they were using mm-hmm. were of the time and the TV sets were of the time, mm-hmm. the stories are not dated at all. No. The swimming pool episode, they take the baby swimming, right? For mm-hmm. the first time. And the, the story is that Stu used to be this great swimmer. Right. But he went on like the high diving board and he bottled it basically. So now he's kind of afraid to do it again. Okay. But he gets overly confident and decides to go up for the high dive once again. And once again, he bottles it. He can't go up. He can't go down. Right. Um, it's kind of a funny sequence where it's like he goes up, the, the lifeguard goes up to help him. And he's like, come on, buddy. Let's, let's come down with me. He goes, stand back. I'll do it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone like... Everyone at the bottom of the uh, like on the pool level is like encouraging him to jump. Mm -hmm. Just like stay back, and the the lifeguard's going, "Don't do anything drastic." And everyone's going, "Jump!" jump." (laughs) It's a funny little moment. But the babies, through their kind of like twisted logic, they've determined that the swimming pool is actually a giant potty, right? And they're trying to flush the giant potty, Mm -hmm. and they think they have to do that by jumping on the diving board, the small diving board, right? And they do that. Mm -hmm. Stu sees that they're doing that, and he sees that Tommy falls off and is about to fall into the pool. Mm. So Stu conquers his fears mm. in order to save his child. Mm. That's not like a... Ignore like you know, the context of these characters. Mm. The stories that they were being put into are timeless. Yes. So I don't see why all of these, all of this modernization was necessary. It's like, oh no, Didi has to be an online booty. Well, it's just to justify having a reboot, isn't it? We've got to change something. Hmm. That's it. I mean, yeah. that's all there is. Like, I don't, yeah, it's not a good idea, but like, there needs to be something in the pitch. This is how it's going to be updated. It's going to be blah, blah, blah. yeah. Because oh, we're just going to do Rugrats. It's just going to be Rugrats again. Yeah. Um, although I didn't actually finish explaining the differences because apart, like Phil and Lil's father is gone, mm-hmm. but there are also some other characters that are gone, right? Including Dill. Right. He comes along later, though, doesn't he? Yeah, in the show, he, did, yeah, he yeah. comes along a lot later. Um, but they got rid of Dill, and mm-hmm. they've also got rid of Kimmy and Kira. Can't remember them. Kira, they're the ones that are introduced in Rugrats in Paris. Okay. Kira is Chucky's stepmother. Yeah. And uh, Kimmy is his stepsister. Yeah. Who are of East Asian descent. Yes. And they've, they're not in the show anymore. Yet. Who knows? Because, yeah, they came along... I mean, when was the Rugrats in Paris movie? 2001? 2000? 2000, I think. 2000, yeah. yeah. Like, give them time. But why? Why what? Why? I don't know. Why Why do the reboot where like, oh, the characters that came later, we'll bring them in later as well. Well, no, they might not. Because Susie, they didn't. Right. Funny enough, the black character, she's there from the well, start. Well, yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah, they're not waiting yeah. to introduce her when she was introduced in the original. Yeah. They got rid of the Asian characters. Mm. They're keeping the black ones, though. Well, they need to get rid of the Asian characters, don't they? Why? Because if they want a Chucky's father to be a single father, then they just got to get rid do of the characters. Do they, though? Because if they're doing the single, well, mother- I'm not justifying. No, 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 no. Because if they're doing the single mother thing, mm. what's better? Do also doing the single father thing mm. or doing the mixed race couple thing? Well, I don't. They're not going to do any of them as things, are they? I it's don't just, know. It's just details. They, they might. They might be like, oh, look, it's just Rugrats, and then season two comes along. It's like, right, let's talk about what it's like to be gay. No, I know. As much as I loathe all this stuff. In Rugrats, it's never going to become an issue like that. Mm. It's just going to be her saying, oh, I had a girlfriend like that. Yeah. It's just going to be window dressing. Yeah, and shit like that. Yeah. Well, it's it's the definition of tokenistic, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's like, she is gay, but we're not going to... Yeah. It's not going to be anything. Yeah. Um, he's a single parent, but it's not going to, like, we're not going to do anything <coughs> with that, you know? Mm. 
Um, but they might. I don't know. I mean, how long has it been going? The reboot. The reboot? Yeah. I think it's literally just come out. I think we're five episodes in. Oh, okay. Right. We'll give it... How? I mean, how, I don't know how it works in children's television. How do seasons work? Um, well, the original show, it was like 24 episodes a season. Okay. I don't know if this one will be... This one will be less because you get less now. Don't know, maybe television. it's different in kids' shows, though. I don't know. Like, Adventure Time was weird. Yeah, but that was 2D animation. Okay. I mean, I don't... Saying that, though, that doesn't really say anything. It's like Rick and Morty Season 5 is, is in the process of coming out. It's out, yeah. Well, two episodes, It's right? airing, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think there's only four episodes, right? Are there only four? Well, there were only five... No. Season 4, there were two lots of five, right? Yeah. And... On the websites that we use to watch things, mm. there are only four episodes listed. And what they tend to do oh, is they tend to list the episodes in advance. Yeah, but there'll be more will be added. Okay. Yeah, that, that's that's not the, the way to um right, it's not okay. a good metric. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but even if season five does end up having more episodes, yeah, yeah. season four they did five and five. Yes. So yeah, the the length of Adventure Time seasons might not be a good indication either. No, no, yeah. There's just but obviously Rick and Morty's for adults as well, isn't yeah. it? It's not on children's TV. So then again, I think Sonic Boom mm. was a 3D animated show in the spirit of the way that the Rugrats is done. Mm-hmm. And that had 52 episodes a season. Yeah. So they they, do, they can the do a lot. Yeah. But they were 10 minutes an episode. How long is Rugrats? Well, the pilot was 40 minutes. Right. And then the... 40 minutes? Yeah. That's the thing. The pilot of the original series was 20 minutes. Yeah. And that was long. Like an average Rugrats episode is 12 minutes, whereas I think in the reboot it's like 20. It's longer in the reboot. Yeah. So what? 12 minutes was the average Rugrats episode? Yeah. Okay. I think that's what I meant. One of the things I meant by saying, like, the original was well written and that's what dates it. They see, shows just seem to be able to do more with less time. Yeah. Back in the day. I just think it's, it points to, I might be reading too much into it, a slightly depressing trend in the arrested development culture, which is kids don't want to watch something for 40 minutes. No. So it's for, that's for adults. Yeah. And I know adults have to some, watch it with their kids, mm. but. Yourself accepted. A Rugrats shouldn't be watching Rugrats. <laughs> what are you doing sitting down watching Rugrats? Well, I for? watched Rugrats because it was a. It was an intellectual exercise. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it was. Fine. But, but genuinely, because like, I watched it out of curiosity, yeah. but also because, like, oh, I can talk about this. Because, mm. yeah, like, I, 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 I did think there was something to be said, not only because, like, oh shit, we're the parents now. Yeah. But yeah, just the, like, the, the, like, it's just another example of. Oh, the reboot, we have to modernize all of this stuff for the reboot. And you have to put in all, like, the Gen Z bullshit of, like, taking selfies. and Yeah. And also, things are just getting longer. Well, there's more stuff. There's more, more stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, that's not for kids, is it? 40 minutes. No. Like, kids will sit through films sometimes. The Rugrats in Paris movie, I think that's, like, 80 minutes. Right. Yeah. So, the, the pilot of the reboot is half the length of the feature film. Yeah. I mean, kids get fidgety. Especially yeah. kids of the age that will be watching Rugrats. Yeah, yeah. 20 minutes will do. Mm. And I'm talking about the pilot now. You know? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I guess I'm okay with 20 minutes generally an episode. Like, mm. that's all right. 12, okay, fine. But, that obviously was better. But 20, okay, can live with that. But 40, mm. it's ludicrous for a children. Maybe show. even 45. Yeah. Which, yeah. It's for adults. It? It's for adults. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, well, that's family show length. Doctor Who used to be 45 minutes. Yeah, and that's fine. Yeah. That is for the family, you know. Yeah. But Rugrats is for children. Yes. That is a children, unambiguously a children's show. Yes, it is. Yeah. You're not a fan, basically. I'm not a fan. And it's not something I'm, I'm going to continue watching anyway. It's not like a, you know, oh, they ruined it for me. This is not the Rugrats right. I wanted. Yeah. Because I've forgotten a lot about Rugrats. Mm-hmm. It was nice to rediscover it. I will mm-hmm. say that, like... 
that's what these reboots tend to do. They tend to encourage me, maybe other people as well, <laughs> right. to like re-explore the original. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh yeah, I liked the original. Mm. So, I, do you still like it though? Is the like, do you still enjoy it? Or Rugrats. is it a nostalgic experience? It was a nostalgic experience. Okay. To go, go back to Rugrats. You wouldn't actually watch it now. No, no, I won't watch no, no. it. Um, it was nice that to obviously revisit it from a nostalgic perspective, but yes. it was all kind of nice that I felt like I got something out of it as an adult. Yeah, of course. You can appreciate it. Yeah. Like as a kid, I just enjoyed made. the antics of the babies, but to see the mechanisms a bit more. Yes. Like, oh, the, the antics of the babies is actually resolving conflict for the adults. Yeah. yeah. And these things are just happening by accident. Mm-hmm. That was kind of nice. It's like, oh, okay. there is something here if a parent were to watch it with their child. Yeah, a fresh appreciation. Yes. Yeah. But, okay. But also, you don't... Stop it. Stop it with the 3D animation. Stop it with the Gen Z bullshit. You don't need it. Okay. Please. Not a recommendation, then. <laughs> Not a recommendation, no. Okay. I'm now going to get someone on the line, George. Hello? Hello? <laughs> Oh my god, it's not who I think it is. That's Eddie Boylet. Oh. <laughs> How are you doing, Eddie? I'm alright. Eddie Boylet right. of the Fun Filtered Podcast. Formerly of? Formerly of yeah. the Pod- Fun Filtered Podcast. For, for, formerly of popping in to say hello. Yes. It was your birthday over the weekend, wasn't it? It, it was indeed, it was indeed. And how old are you now? I'm 26 now. Um, um, I've, I've joined you in that. Yes. And what uh, what did you do? Uh, it Well, it... What was meant to be, you know, the sort of party of, of uh, you know, certainly of, of my year. Um, <laughs> yeah. Maybe not anyone else's party of my year mm. um, involved me um, napping halfway through the day and then drinking a few cans while I watched the football with a takeaway. Adulthood. With two of my friends. Quality. Um, <laughs> yeah. Quality. Yeah. But unfor- I, I, I will say, um, unfortunately, by being more sensible on my birthday, it did mean I could then enjoy my Sunday a lot more. And and that was kind of worth it, because it was the first time I'd seen my sister since 2019. So, oh, I see. Okay. So it was, kind, it was kind of worth it. And then I still celebrated a bit more Sunday evening then. So we sort of made up for it a little bit more in the Sunday evening. Okay. Well, that's good. Uh, we called you on the other recording, didn't we? Yes. Um, yes, you did. Which went to shit. <laughs> so that's that's why we're doing this again. The audience needs to hear you on the fiftieth episode. Do we do we tell the audience that like on that phone call, Eddie, you were like, um, oh, I trust you guys. You can talk about anything and make it entertaining. And we've just been the four hour episode because it was nothing but shit. So basically, my, my, what what happened is I had complete and utter faith in you that nothing could go wrong. And and then here we are a couple days later because maybe something went wrong. Your but, faith betrayed. <laughs> it just uh, it, it wasn't terrible it just wasn't good I would it was we were drinking we thought we'd introduce some novelty into it play a game it it wasn't for the audio so we just dumped the whole thing uh, uh, that's, that's fair enough then yeah Eddie did you think that we'd get to 50 well did I think you'd get to 50 I mean as a, I, I said this on the other recording so it's mm. going to be a little bit of repeating myself we've got to pretend that you didn't say it though no Eddie you didn't thing. say it this is all <laughs> oh, new sorry this is all brand new yeah. even though we've just told them it's not brand new yeah um, you two have the ability to waffle about almost anything yeah um, no we just and- did that we just said <laughs> that you said that and we proved you to be yes. wrong no no but that's the point my whole point is you two do and so no matter what form as long as you were 
as long as there was the time and you know we, obviously we've had schedules in the way at times mm-hmm. where you know like you know when Jordan had his job over Christmas and things were a bit difficult yeah but no matter what you were still always going to make it work and do it in some way shape or form and that was that was the point is even if you were doing the you know the sort of fun offs or whatnot mm-hmm. it was always going to get there in some capacity um so yes yes yeah. I did believe well, that, that warms my heart to have that kind Did of thing. Did you think we'd get to 50? Well, yeah, you're not going to stop, are you? <laughs> yeah, too lazy to stop. <laughs> Tedious commitment. Um, so are you feeling, are you just generally better now, Eddie? Uh, we're, we're improving, we're improving. We're not, okay. uh, we're not, we're not fully there yet. Last week was, it was a good week for, obviously, yeah, I was, um, I won't have explained this anymore. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, but also, uh, yeah, I've, also, I've been away last week um, in London. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was away for, away for nine days in London. Saw some family while I was there, saw some friends. We had some rocky days, mm-hmm. but ultimately, like, the Sunday ended on quite a sort of high. In As I say, I was on quite a good form all day. Yeah. And then I was still able to celebrate. And then I was fine on the Monday. So it was sort of a good push out the comfort zone, given that I have still been dealing with stuff since I, I sort of last year. Yeah. So, it's improvement. It's definitely improvement. Headaches are definitely improving. It's just beating the stress and all that now. So well, improving is then as in they're going away. Not improving is in like the headaches are getting stronger. No, they're better no. headaches, stronger headaches. Who do you know, Jordan, that describes headaches that way? <laughs> My headaches are getting better. Well, mean, meaning like they're fortifying. And I, I I thought it was worth clarifying in case Eddie was the one guy. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> I mean, to, to be fair, yeah, I, I, I do come out with some weird shit, so that is, I <laughs> yeah. mean, it's fair enough. Well, so. speaking of that, there is always, of course, a space at the table for you, Eddie, should you wish to return. Yes, well, I, I am I am sure we will, whether it's, you know, whatever capacity it is, I'm sure there will be a point at some point where I will jump on and join you for something. You, you tease. <laughs> <laughs> you flirty little minx. I mean, I, I don't know if um, Jordan's had a chance to read something I put up on the internet yesterday, um, but there was something in there for him. Oh, interesting. Was this on your blog? Yes. Promote it like a whole... <laughs> your blog, Eddie Boyle's blog. <laughs> Cuts from the quill, was it, Eddie? Uh, it doesn't need promoting like that. It does. Um, do it. Go on. It's, oh, it's called Cuts from the Quill. You can find it on Instagram. <laughs> okay. We're on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, uh, is this about aliens? Yes, yes. Okay, I haven't read it yet. We um, we were going to read it later. Yes, there's a little there's a little something in there for Jordan. Oh, okay. And well, where's mine? Where's yours? I, uh, there'll be something at some point. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> Building up to it. That's like, yeah, you're taking your time. I understand. A little cross promotion. <laughs> what? What's the cross promotion? Well, if like people, the audience are not going to know what the hell. I don't know what the hell he's on about. No, no. the audience is not going to know what the hell he's on about. I suppose. Yeah. So Enigma, go, mystery. What is what is the specific article to which you are referring, Eddie? What's it called? <laughs> You re- am I really spelling out the name of a title? Yeah, what's it called? I met, I met an alien in my sleep. Interesting. Okay. I do <laughs> sleep a lot. You do sleep a lot. Is that what it's for? Have is you that met any aliens? <laughs> is that what you mean, Eddie? Is that what you mean by it's for Jordan? No, no, no. It's, it's not referring to the... Is it going to refer to uh, bone-shattering snoring? <laughs> no, it, it's not. It's not. Okay. Is that what it is? They think that they met an alien in their sleep because they, they mistook the snoring for... The sounds of UFOs. Is it about two well-meaning guys trying to pull their friend off a fucking couch? <laughs> <laughs> By literally pouring it's water in his ear. It's not about this. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, 
But we'll no, find what it. I, what, what I will say yeah. is there's a reference in there, as I say, it's for Jordan. And it, I, I wrote this particular thing after listening to an episode of the podcast. Ooh. Um, so it comes from Is that. it going to be any one of my mad we're, conspiracy we're, theories? <laughs> we're building a... Oh, it's going to be about the moon, isn't it? <laughs> that, my prediction is about the moon getting bigger. Is the moon made of I, chocolate orange, Eddie? Is that what it is? I, I will not confirm which... It's the moon, mate. I'm telling you now. <laughs> I will not confirm which conspiracy it relates to, but it does relate to one of Jordan's wonderful conspiracies. It's about the moon. It's about the moon getting bigger. It's, it's about the getting, moon getting bigger. bigger. I'm telling it's, you. It's not. It's not. But that's what it's about. Um, yeah, well, we, we're creating a little um, fun-filtered universe here, aren't we? <laughs> The F U. <laughs> well, that's now officially a thing. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for gracing us with your presence, Eddie. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Uh, we just needed to hear your voice on this uh, milestone episode. Yes. Yes. Well, right. I'm. I'm glad you got there. It has been. It's been a pleasure. Indeed. Okay. Well, I'm sure we'll. Well, see you soon, probably. But otherwise, yes. speak very soon. Yes. Exactly. Okay. Bye bye, Eddie. Bye. Say bye, Joe. Love you. Happy to. Bye. Nice to hear from Eddie. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why? There was an upward inflection when you said that. No. What was it? Yeah. No, it wasn't meant to be that. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Okay. Yeah. Should we move on to our last topic? Okay. Okay. It's a film review. Yay! We do those, don't we? We do those, yeah. One. Imagine that, an episode. <laughs> just one. Yeah. Whenever people... Uh, invariably, when I talk to people on Tinder, hmm. they'll say, what's your podcast about? <laughs> right. And I'll say, the first thing is, we mainly do film reviews. Yeah. Not this time. Well, I mean, this is the 50th episode. Yeah. This is our only film review. Yes. It's going to be a hell of a candidate, right? You'd think. <laughs> what, what, so. uh, what film are you reviewing, Sam? It's called Freaky. <laughs> <laughs> Freaky. Jason Blumhouse. Is it Jason Blumhouse? Jason Blum. Jason Blum. Yeah. Blumhouse is, is the, the company. Yes. Yeah. Blumhouse horror comedy mm-hmm. starring Vince Vaughn and some bitch I've never heard of. Hey, it's Catherine Newton. Who's that? She's been in loads of things. What's she don't, been I don't like have a go Catherine Newton. Which, which, who's the Catherine? She's Newton? in Halt and Catch Fire. What's that? The show that, that you like the opening credits. Oh, they were good opening credits. <laughs> the 80s yeah. show, yeah. Okay. Uh, she was in Big Little Lies. She's in the map. Oh, you must know Big Little HBO show with Reese Witherspoon, Nicole Kidman, Alexander Skarsgård. Um, And she was in the map of Tiny Perfect Things earlier this year. What's that? Yeah, you might not have seen her in anything, (laughs) but um, I'm fairly familiar with her. Okay. And is she all right? She's, yeah, not a bad actress. Okay. Yeah. So it's her and Vince Vaughn. (laughs) It's her and Vince Vaughn in this sort of horror comedy B. Yeah. 80s movie. 80s movie flick. Uh, we watched this because what the fuck else were we going to watch? Yeah, I mean, I we I would have watched it anyway. Okay, it, you know, it was of a certain percentage on RT, and it was coming up. Yeah, so I, but I probably would have seen it in a week or two. But we thought, well, by the time this episode comes out, it will be out. Yeah, so let's watch it now. I think it's the kind of film I probably would have recommended to you as well. Oh, I mean, okay. you told me about it, but um, yeah, because I've, I've seen like. Uh, posters for it but it was one of those yeah. posters that like I saw outside of the cinema before it was closed during ah, the, the okay. first lockdown okay yeah I think it's coming out in August for us yeah, yeah so I don't know how delayed this project was oh no I say that no not August that's something else what am I thinking of I don't know Sensor I'm thinking of but I read like media oh yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 um, no yeah it's coming out in a couple of weeks yes um, yes but I hadn't it hadn't uh, come across my radar yet no but yeah I think it's had I watched it and you hadn't I probably said, yeah, I'll try that. Okay. 
Because it's a film that you recommend or because it's a film you think I would have liked? Can I say that yet? Yeah, it's going to... I think it'll become clear pretty quickly what we think. Both. Okay. It's a film I would generally recommend. I I liked it quite a lot. All right. Not love. Yes. But for what it was, I liked it a lot. Okay. I think it's the kind of film generally I would say you would like more than I would. Okay. Just because it it has its style. Mm. And we've said this before. It's not like you're superficial and I'm not. Mm. But if something is really good and has a great style, you're probably going to like it more than I do. Um, Whereas if something is just dialogue and is really good, I'm probably going to like it more than you do. Yes. So... Plot. Uh, it's basically Freaky Friday, but with a teenage girl and a serial killer. Hence freaky. Hence freaky. Very self-aware, postmodern kind of thing. They all are now. They all are. Not annoyingly, though. It's not annoyingly postmodern. No. Um, and that's no. kind of it. They, they swap bodies, and then the serial killer just wants to kill people. Like, that's the thing. Like, you say it's postmodern. Mm. Plot-wise, it's incredibly straightforward. It's oh, basically yeah. a straight retelling. Yes. Of Freaky Friday. Yeah, absolutely. That trope plot. Yeah. Did we come up with a word for that? We're like, it's it's a trope, but like the entire plot. We've we've talked about it. So like we, Freaky Friday. Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day. Yeah. It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. They're tropes, but the entire film is the trope. The, the plot is the trope. Yeah. yeah. Is there yeah. a word for that? There might well be. Okay. If not, stay tuned. Future episodes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, like, it's sort of the details that are kind of postmodern-y. As yeah. you say, the serial killer just wants to kill. Just wants to kill, like, the no, fact that... No the, tragic backstory, no... Nothing drives him or motivates him. No, he's, he's a force of nature. Yes, he yeah. just kills. He just kills. It's set on Friday the 13th. Yeah. I like, though, because when, when the film starts, the thing comes up, you know, the... Not, not quite title card, but it says Wednesday the 11th. Yes. Like, well... I know where this is going, man. Yeah. Instantly you think that. Yeah. And then it's Thursday the 12th. And I... Oh, it does come up, doesn't it? it Friday does. the 13th. Yeah. Okay. I kind of liked it if they hadn't done that. I like the idea of you get Wednesday the 11th, Thursday the 12th, and you are left to fill in the pieces. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Saturday Friday the 13th, high school. Mm. She's got one friend who's gay, one friend who's black. And it's postmodern in ways like when they're running from the killer. He says, I'm gay, you're black, we're dead. Yeah. You know, like there's a kind of self-awareness about the film they're in. Mm. Yeah, that's sort of the plot. And then, like, she has till midnight to get them back in their original bodies. Yes. Um, That's the film. That is the film. That is the film. That is just straight up the film. Yeah, I liked it. Did you like it? I'm not sure. You're not sure if you liked it? I'm not sure. I don't think it's the kind of film that you can be unsure whether you liked it or not. Why? Well, I don't know. It just feel, it is what it is. Like, you either like it or you don't. It is what it is. Yeah. And I saw it for what it was. But I yeah. don't know if I like what it was. Okay. What didn't you like about it? Um... Well, I didn't laugh. Okay. That's probably one of the things. I okay. didn't find it funny. Okay. There was like one moment where the gay character, to like dis- to cover up what's actually going on, mm-hmm. the gay character pretends to come out to his mother as straight. Yes. That was the one moment. She I was says like, you're a lot of things, but straight doesn't Yeah. Happen. That was like, yeah. okay, that's, that's, yeah. that's a cute moment. Mm-hmm. But comedy wise... There wasn't really anything that resonated with me. I can't remember laughing. No. But to be fair, that... If the standard for liking a comedy film is me laughing out loud, Mm. the bar's too high. 
No, that's fair enough, yeah. especially since we watched this alone. We watched it alone, and I just... It takes a, a lot. Yeah. Alone as in we weren't together. Alone like we, both We were both... We, yeah, we were on our own when we watched it. Yeah. It's not um, like, oh, we didn't go to the cinema. It's like, no, neither of us were in any company. No, we were solitary when we watched it. Yeah. Um, not just that, but yeah, it's... Laugh out loud comedy is very rare, especially when you're alone. Hmm. But I found it amusing. Okay. Again, for what it was, you know? I recognize that it was trying to be funny. Okay. I, I don't mean that to sound as, like, snarky. It does. It does sound snarky. No, it, I didn't mean, like, yeah. oh, well, I knew it was being funny, but right. it just wasn't. It's like, no, I know it's trying to be a comedy. I just, I'm not finding... Yeah. There's a lot of um, Gen Z-isms right. in there. Yeah. Enough that I think maybe that's part of the joke. Right. Just like like what the opening line, one of the opening lines of the film is like, they're talking about the killer. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I, I don't know exactly what the line is, but it's something like, um, oh, he, how is he so violent? And like the, mm. the, the blonde girl that says, like, don't underestimate a cis white guy's lust for violence. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, but that was the only example of that that I found. No, but like, yeah. that, I'm not bringing that up as like, oh, yeah. look at this. Politics is everything again. Yeah. Yeah. I bring that up because it, it's sort of like, um, it's, it's reached the point now where that kind of stuff is just present day. Yeah, verisimilitude almost. Right. Okay. It's like the woman taking the selfie mm. in the coffee parlor. Like, if there's a cartoon coming out post, like, 2010s, mm-hmm. there's going to be a character taking a selfie with their mobile yeah, yeah. phone. Yeah. And now I think, like, if there's a film with young people in it, they're just going to say shit like that. But that's what but they do. And it's they? not virtue signaling, because that's just yeah. what they do. Yeah, that's what they do. The film that is, is not, what young people the film is. Just is not, it, the film is not trying to win brownie points anymore. It's just yeah. depicting... Well, this is what people are. Yes. And that's kind of like, oh. Yeah, that's depressing. But yeah, you can't really blame the bad mood. You can't that. really blame the film for that, though, can you? No, no, no. Because I, yeah. I, I realized that that's what it was doing. I yeah. wasn't angry because it was political. Yeah. I was angry because people are like that. Yes. And then, like, when, um, when the bully is texting people about the main character, she thinks mm. the main character's a lesbian, and she's like, oh, she's a vegetarian. Yes. Just like things like that. It's like, mm. oh, they're, try- they're being all Gen Z about it. Okay. That's a thing that young people. Right say okay not specifically vegetarian mm. but that kind of like twi- you know seems too clever for a gen z to okay, be honest i don't know yeah the vegetarian there's like some wit to that okay a little bit <laughs> not a lot but some no um, um yeah the, yeah no the humor didn't land for me mm-hmm. the kills did the kills the thing that didn't land for me was the, were the emotional moments i just there's could, definitely that like, there's one moment in particular i'm sure we'll get to i don't want to mm. talk about it just yet okay. but yeah the emotional moments didn't land I think yeah. because it the 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 script was so tepid. I don't think so. I think it's just because like it's I'm not coming here for that. Okay. Like I, the emotional moments, the emotional beats don't land as much as you laugh. Well, not laugh. Find amusing mm. the like audacity almost of them being the incongruity of them being there in the first place. Mm. Just like. Because the thing that I quite liked about it, that it didn't work 100% of the time, was that it was a marriage of a family film vibe mm. of them learning lessons about their mum and, like, she's lonely and I am going to comfort her now. Yeah. Like, Freaky Friday stuff. Yeah. With the hyper-gory violence that didn't mesh. But I actually thought it worked Well, I mean, the end, nicely. the end credits is... Yeah. The end credits yeah. of the film, they take that idea... To those credits, don't they? Because there's they as the credits are rolling, they have like that kind of girly, mean girls, high school aesthetic. Yeah. yeah. Where it's like, oh, it's like her notebook and there's love hearts and then and then it gets torn away and there's like blood and gore underneath. Yeah. So it is, yeah. It's mar it is marrying those two. It's mm-hmm. taking Freaky Freaky Friday 
and Friday the 13th. Yes. And it's, oh, it's, oh actually, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, There you go. Freaky Friday the 13th. I wonder if that was a, an original title, Freaky I, Friday the 13th. No, I think it, it's like, that's why it's called Freaky, right? Mm. It's because your brain does the next bit and then the bit after that. Yeah. You know? But yeah, um, it's just taking those two films and it's it's mashing them together. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah sometimes it works, sometimes it does. Yes. But the kills, no, I, I think the kills were definitely the highlight for me. They were the right balance between gory and goofy. Yeah, they were. Like, in the opening sequence where he, like, breaks the tennis racket in half and, like, impales it on either side of the guy's head. Yeah. Like, that's a fun kill. Well, because I was thinking that opening sequence, the four teenagers are killed. Mm. And all killed in quite inventive ways. Yeah. I enjoyed it, but I thought, oh, I don't want it to be this. Because, you know, my thing is trying too hard to, to do the stylized action violence thing. Mm. It just winds me up a little bit. Yeah. But it didn't do enough of it to do it. was like, oh no, because when it happens, yeah, like I'm enjoying it. Like when she kills the teacher. Yeah. And like, yeah, okay. That's yeah, good. yeah. That's good. What, what kind of, maybe this is just like a like a, a cultural thing. Because mm-hmm. obviously we went to school in the UK. We mm-hmm. live in the UK. What the fuck school has a cryo chamber in it? Yeah, I don't know about, <laughs> I don't know about a cryo chamber. Yeah. I don't know what's going on there. No. Yeah, what was that? I don't know. Like it was cryo athletics. Right. So I don't know if, like, the, the, they go in there, it's like an ice bath? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess, like, a kid takes a knife into a school, they can do a lot of damage. But I, I just don't see them being able to have a thing where you can lock someone in, turn temperature all the way down, and it freezes them. Yeah. I, I mean, that was fun like... when, when she, like, goes in and checks oh, yeah. the girl, and she falls over and, like, shatters. shatters yeah, That's yeah. fun. Yeah. But, like, where the fuck did... Why the fuck do you have a cryo chamber? Yeah, exactly what I'm saying, yeah, yeah. But no, actually, you know, you bring mentioned, like, bringing the knife to school. I didn't even think of that. Well, it's an American high school. Yeah. It'd be, like, metal detectors and shit, right? Not every high school has Not those. every high school. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think you tend to find that, I could be wrong, more in, like, inner city. Right. This is the suburbs, isn't it? I don't know, obviously, like, school shootings and stuff where don't was, discriminate. But... Where was eighth grade set? No idea. Okay, because eighth grade, they had metal detectors in okay. the school. And they did... Yeah. Um, like school shooting drills and stuff. They that was, hide under the desks. I don't know, but I mean that was probably put in anyway. It's just like a this is what being a teenager is like now. You have to go, you have to go through school shooting drills. Yeah, and, yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean it's not a film with a logic. The film hangs on the logic. Necessarily. No, I suppose not. Yeah. It's just that's not something I'd considered until that moment. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But I, I like that. Yeah, sure. Just put her in a cryo chamber <laughs> and just freeze it. You know, dumb sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but that's the. Th- I think that that one stands out to me because all of the other kills are plausible. I guess. Yeah. Like not they're implausible to some degree. Like a tennis yeah. racket probably wouldn't do that much damage. No. But it's feasible that a tennis racket be there for him to use. Yeah, yeah. It's feasible that there be like a buzz saw mm-hmm. in the workshop. It wouldn't cut the guy in half as quickly and cleanly as it did. No. But the fact it's there is fine. Yes. But the cryo chamber just that's a. Bit of a push for me. Oh, yeah. It was insane. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I suppose, like, uh, when the film settled in on on a certain level, I knew, like, well, you're not going to love this film. Mm. So just enjoy it for what it is. So things like that that were ludicrous yeah. didn't detract from the experience. Like, oh, whatever. Okay. You know, it was just meant to be fun. Like, do whatever you can as long as it's fun. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. And the film didn't... That's the, the one moment where it was a danger. It was mm. the danger that would cross the line. Mm-hmm. But there is a danger there, isn't there? If you're in that oh, yeah. in that mindset of like, oh, just the, it doesn't matter if it's slightly ludicrous. Let's have fun. The film yeah. can push it too far. It depends. It depends. Like there are some comedies that make no sense and don't try to make sense. But it's like as long as you're laughing, mm. does it matter? Mm. I think it's it's context dependent. 
But like the best thing about the film for me was Vince Vaughn. I really liked Vince Vaughn in it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. It's nice to see him having fun. Yeah. Because he, he kind of made that move from the crappy comedies into... He did True Detective. Mm. And then after that, he did... Um, it's like Dragged Across Concrete and right. Brawl and Cell Block 99. Yeah. Kind of exploitation-y sort of films that were hyper-violent but with a postmodern edge. Mm. But he, he's kind of playing straight in those. That's, he's the big guy and he's strong and... yeah. In this, he's, it's a comedy performance. Yeah. And yeah, because he spends most of the film pretending to be a teenage, a teenage girl. girl. And yeah. he actually does it quite well. I yeah, think. it's it's not Jack Black in no. Jumanji. No. But it's it's similar enough in in the sense that, like, yeah, I believe that he's a teenage girl. Yeah. I See, I thought it was better than Jack Black in Jumanji. Oh, I don't know. I think, I, I'm not a fan of Jumanji in particular, but yeah. particularly, but... Because that's too... Te- Jack Black is playing the most shallow, vapid teenage girl. Yes. Oh, my God. And I like the Vince Vaughn was a little bit more subtle. Mm. It, it it was just girly, yeah. You know, it was he ran slightly effeminately. Yeah, it wasn't that hyper. Oh my god, it wasn't that. He was just being a girl. Mm. And I yeah, I thought he was quite good at it. I was like, okay. oh, it's good. It's like you you're not dead inside Vince Vaughn as I thought you might be. Yeah, after having to do all those comedies and then <laughs> you, you're all right. You're having fun. Mm. You know. Yes, I like that. Yeah, inventive deaths, like you said. I like the high schoolers looked like high schoolers, which you don't often get. Yeah, they did. Yeah, Um, yeah. I don't know how old the high schoolers are. They're probably all older, but they looked because they're short. You don't get like the really tall jocks and stuff. Like they're all quite short. Yes. Her crush was it Booker? Is that his name? Oh yeah. He's a fucking weirdo. (laughs) Because here's the thing. Like, there's a scene where you know he finds out that she's in love with him, but in this moment she's trapped in the body of Vince Vaughn. And then they kiss. He's like, yo, yo, still you, I'll kiss you sort of thing. Uh, no teenage boy <laughs> is that unshallow. It's just like, that's that's obviously, that is the definition of pansexual. This is the scene that I was talking about. Right. Where, yeah, Vince Vaughn and that, that yeah. guy, presumably 18-year-old guy, yeah. make out in a right. car. Yeah. So, is this funny? Is this heartwarming? Oh, it's weird, isn't it? It's weird. Yeah. I... I don't know. It like it was weirder than anything else in the film. It's meant to be uncomfortably funny. I don't, I didn't think it was uncomfortable on any level beyond that. Mm. It was meant to be awkward. Like oh, Vince Vaughn is making out yeah with this young guy. He's not eighteen, is he? I mean, the character is, but he's yeah. probably in his twenties. No, uh, yeah, I'm talking about it in the context of the yeah, yeah. story. It's not... just meant to be a bit like ugh, like ugh, yeah. why are they doing that? But yeah, like in the reality of it. That kid's a weirdo. <laughs> I don't care. Like, he's just found out that she's in love with him and he's had a crush on her or whatever. Mm. You still wouldn't make out with her, you know. Especially ma- if you knew that her body yeah. looked like what it does. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Let's not let's not brush over that. But this she's is a, hot. This is a rather attractive woman. Yeah, she's hot. She's a blonde horror girl. She is. Yeah. This needs to stop. What? Attractive women... <laughs> Yeah. Are not introverted. They don't exist, and if they do... They're rare. They're rare. Where are they? Well, because the thing is, she's... She, Give me their numbers. Where are they? She's supposed to be kind of frumpy. Is she? Like, she's hot, right? Yeah. And But, like, the whole idea is that she's not one of the hot girls. Oh, I thought I found that funny, and I'm not sure whether it was intentional mm. or not. The moment Vince Vaughn takes over her body, mm. she suddenly has this really cool fashion sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's when she goes to school dressed like a bad bitch. That's the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, like, even though Vince Vaughn, the character now, yeah. he's just wearing, like, black clothing. Yeah. 
and just, he's got no he's just like comfortable clothes to kill in yeah and then he takes over this teenage girl's body and all of a sudden he's wearing like he's got great tight sense. jeans yeah. and like leather <laughs> jacket I mean like on a, again like you know if, if you're just rolling with the film then whatever mm. but like surely he would just pick comfortable clothes to kill in like I he usually wears I don't think so this is one of my problems with the film Vince Vaughn really good and obviously you spend more time with him than you do with her yeah. as the, for what she has to do she does fine yeah. Just look menacing and kind of dead-eyed and just, that's it. Because, yeah, there's no character. It's just the killer. Yeah. I wish they'd done a little bit more with her. Because there are moments like where she calls people cunt and all that sort of thing. Mm. And it's like, the idea of like a serial killer who's obviously incredibly warped mm. and now being in a teenage girl's body, you could do some really weird shit with that that yeah. I wish they had. Mm. Like him messing with her and like fucking guys and stuff because he would get off on it because he's a fucking creepy yeah. sexual weirdo. Like, oh, I'm going to get you pregnant. Yeah, oh, yeah, but if not that necessarily, just like the experiential, I'm a girl. I wonder what it's like to like finger... Not that I wanted to see that. No, no. But you know what I mean? Yeah, like, a character that disturbs. Disturbed, not just dressing like a bad... I'm, maybe they thought it's it's too mainstream to go that weird with it. Mm. But I, that would have been nice to see a little bit more disturbing. Yeah, yeah. like fair enough. Especially since like... Yeah, he's just portrayed as this silent psychopath. Yeah. But then in the final scene, spoilers, yeah, where they return to their normal bodies, mm. he's like monologuing at her at the yeah, end. Yeah, he's sadistic. Yeah. He's sadistic. It's like, okay, this 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 character hasn't had a character until this moment. Yeah. I know he needs a character now, Yeah, but it's a shame that you didn't give him anything to do, slash her anything to do yes. prior to this. It, yeah, it would have been, rather than just like dressing up, because that's the thing. I'm okay with that, that he would have seen her wardrobe and kind of but not necessarily just dressing up as... Because here's the thing. Originally, yeah, she's supposed to be not... If not not hot, then just like a bit frumpy and wearing like clothes that aren't hip. Mm. You know, she's wearing like oldest clothes and yeah. she's a bit like alternative. And they're the outcast group, like yeah. one gay, one black. Um, and she writes poetry and that sort of thing. Mm. But that's the, cli- the cliche in American movies is that... There are these stunningly beautiful girls that, f- that write poetry, yeah. and the social outcast, but don't exist. Yeah, it is a cliche, and it needs yeah. to stop because yeah, it is it is frustrating. It, it, it depresses me that these women aren't real. I know <laughs> they are real, but they're incredibly rare. Well, so introduce me to one. Well, I don't please. know. Please, mate, think if I knew. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. Someone, please introduce me to one because um, I, I need to. Like, I have questions. <laughs> well, it's it's that peep show thing, isn't it? When he meets that girl, um, April, and he kind of follows her to university, <laughs> yeah, he and then he, there's that in a monologue bit where he says, "Oh my!" He might just actually say it. She has the twin virtues of low self-esteem and beauty. Mm. Like she can't know that she's beautiful. Yeah. I can't let her know, otherwise I'll never have her. <laughs> yeah. Sort of thing. Yeah, they are rare. They're they're out there, but they're rare. Um, but it's like, it's like that trope, isn't it, of films about women being in love with these beastly men mm. because they have a curse on, like Beauty and the Beast kind of thing. Yeah. But it's literally just like a really attractive guy, but he's got like a, a weird tattoo or a scar. Yeah. And it's just like, come on. Yeah. Give me let it be like a fat, short <laughs> like fucker. Yeah. <laughs> just like, um, but yeah, no, I wish they had, if not him dressing up as the bad bitch thing, hmm. which makes sense because, yeah, now she doesn't care and she's going to elevate through the social ranks. Just like weird. Having wear weird clothes. Yeah. And just like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Just well, really I, think he w- I think he would dress practically because that character does. 
I don't. Well, this is what I'm saying because he's so disturbed and he's in a teenage girl's body. Mm. I I think you would go weird with it, but I, yeah, not necessarily like hot badass all of a sudden. Mm. Just bizarre. Yeah, I guess need to differentiate her from him as well, right? In the, in how they were dressed, because he is just dressed in like the black practical yeah clothes. She needed to have something else going on, and it kind of makes sense. Like she needs to be evil, so I'll dress her up as like queen bitch. Maybe I get it. You know, it's yeah. not ideal, but um, I thought it was fine. Okay. I just thought it was... And I, I did enjoy it, I have to say. I enjoyed myself when I watched it. Because it was a shallow watch. Mm. I knew it wasn't going anywhere. Yeah. Like, it is what it is. And it was just nice to see Vince Vaughn alive. <laughs> Ironically. Ironically. Because yes. he obviously gets killed. He obviously yeah. does. Yeah, what do you feel about that final... I know this, like, oh, the character development is complete. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I am a fucking piece. Um, well, it's what the film deserved. Okay. It's what the film was. It was that film. Mm. So, yeah, okay, whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, fine, be done with you. Well, no, because like I said, I liked it, but I, it's because I knew it was staying in a certain place. Mm. Like nobody, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. I just, I, it was a bit of a surprise. Okay. Because I didn't think it would be as good as it was, not saying that it was excellent. No. Uh, I Yeah, I think the best thing about it is the kills. Yeah. Um, interesting choice that nobody, everyone who gets killed after the body swap mm-hmm. is a bad person. Yeah. No innocent people, quote unquote, die. Yeah. Like the escalation of violence at the end mm-hmm. where she's like, like she, the, the killing ramps up and they have to stop him. Mm-hmm. I'll say him because yeah, it's yeah. worn into yeah, her yeah. body. Like the people sh- he kills, we're going to gang rape him. Yeah. Like, it's not like... There's a moment where he's driving to the old mill that he's lured all of the kids to. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the gay best friend thinks that it's the sister, the cop sister. Mm-hmm. So he's like, hey, hey, I'll stop. And then, like, the car charges at him. And I thought, oh, he's going to get killed now. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be, like, the thing that fires them up for Act 3. is like, you killed my gay mm-hmm. best friend. Sure. Fuck you. Yeah. But no, he survives. Sorry? You homophobe. You homophobe, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But yeah, like all of the quote-unquote good people yeah. survive. I, I didn't have a problem with that just because it's going for mainstream thrills. It's not trying to be subversive. The nice people don't die. The horrible people it's do not, die. I don't know, because it's slightly, maybe slightly subversive in the sense that like, I'm gay, you're black, we're definitely going to die. And yeah. then they survive the film. In that way, okay. Yeah. Um, but the teenage kids, they'll, they'll be like, you know? Mm. Uh, yeah, again, didn't really have a problem with that just because that's the audience it was going for. It, di- it didn't want to have you feel bad about the nice people dying. It wanted you to celebrate the nasty people dying. Because the yes. way the deaths are as well, it's so inventive. It's just fun, isn't it? Like the, the dickhead teacher, who, like, when she attacks him, oh, yeah. he just, like, not only defends himself, he then, like, kicks her. Yeah, he's like, like, that's what, what you get, bitch. I was like, oh, okay, I like that. That's good. <laughs> Um, the the fact that they were going all in on him, not the fact that he was beating yeah. up a girl, right? Almost legacy casting, by the way. Oh, is it? Because he's one of the main characters in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, right. Seminal eighties high school movie. Yes. So him him playing the teacher. Okay. That's kind of a bit. Yeah, that, he's yeah. a dick from the start. Isn't he? Oh yeah, yeah. He just singles her out. Yeah, like, where's like, where your project? It's like I'm not yeah. due until next week. We should have done it this week. Yeah. Then you're holding up the class again, and then he yeah. like slams the table. And then, like, the next class, he's just like, maybe you'd be something if you just focused. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, ruck. No, I, I get the, like, oh, we want to enjoy the kills. Mm. 
so we have to hate the people. Yeah. I'm all, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Because I think slasher movies do that anyway, right? Yeah. Like, most of the people in them are not likable, mm. so that you get to enjoy the kill. Yeah. But, like, I don't know, one death that, like, lands. Well, in a horror movie, a slasher movie, yeah, it's the horrible people, and then maybe one that you like. Yeah. So there are stakes. But this film is too flippant for that. It's a comedy. Yeah. It's a comedy with really gory violence in it. Because mm. um, that's what I mean. Like, when he's trying to convince uh, the friends that he's the girl in Vince Vaughn's body, mm. that is a scene straight out of, like, Freaky Friday. It's just, it's innocent. It's... Yeah. They're doing, like, the, the dance, the, the, like, handshake, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but, like, because it doesn't really want any gravity to it. Yeah. It's just being completely flippant. And usually that's the kind of thing I wouldn't like. Mm. But because it's an 80s pastiche movie, mm. I just allowed it to happen. Do you know what I mean? Okay. I let it wash over me. Maybe that's where we differ then. Maybe. I, I didn't dislike it. Yeah. It's not a film I that think, I stop people from seeing. I think it's just better than I thought it would be. That's a big part of it. Yeah. And um, it's been a while since I've seen a film that I where I just had to enjoy myself. Yes. And this was one of them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the distinction because I didn't. I don't think I let it sell. I don't think I let it happen for me. Okay, right. Um, you were thinking about it too much. Yeah, there was like a scene, pretty much straight away after the body swap, mm-hmm. where he goes as the girl. Now he goes down to breakfast, mm. and he's obviously like, "Oh, I'm in this body. The mm. things I can do." You can see that look on his face. Yeah, and he's presented with breakfast. And he has, like, a taste of bacon and then immediately starts shoveling all of the food yes. into his mouth. Now, obviously, funny scene, because, like, oh, look at this person shoving mm. food into their mouth. But I thought, like, the... If you were going to think about it, the implication is that that character has not had a proper meal in quite some time. Yeah, yeah. So he's hungry. Yes. And he's, like, be, he's feasting. Ravenous. Yes. Yeah. If you swapped minds, mm. brains, mm-hmm. soul, whatever it is, if you swapped consciousness yeah. with another person... Would you carry your hunger with you? Yeah, this is definitely thinking too much about it. Yes, exactly. I think that's why you liked it more than me, is because I had these questions. Okay, okay. Yeah, I I think I just got the timbre of it early. Like, Sam, just shut off. Okay. Just shut off and allow it to... And for that, I liked it. But, like, I I know why they couldn't make it too weird, because, again, they're going for mainstream Mm. thrills. But, like, they do the typical thing where he wakes up as her and then looks in the mirror and just kind of cups his breasts. Yeah. Ooh, bro. There's a lot weirder version of that scene that you could have yeah, done. Yeah, it starts chilling himself off. Do you know what I mean? Like, if, not, if not that... While staring at the mother. Just... <laughs> no, or just, like, look... You know what I mean? There's a weirder version of that scene. Yeah. But it was... It's basically going for, like, a PG-13 crowd. If the if the gore wasn't as gory... Yeah. Then, yeah, yeah this would easily be a PG-13. Yeah. But the gore bumps it up quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. But again, it's fun gore. It's not, like, off-putting gore. It's not no, like, yeah, Ugh. it's not horrific. It's... You, you can laugh at it. Yeah, know? yeah. Because it is ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, I would generally recommend it to people. I would as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's nothing special. Yeah. But it's got fun kills mm-hmm. and there you may find enjoyment in it. Not yes. least because Vince Vaughn does seem to be yeah. having fun. Yeah. Um, I do think that, that that kiss with that guy, though, that was... <laughs> too far for you? Not too far. Just kind of like, I don't know what this is anymore. It's just I don't, be, it's meant to be awkward, isn't it? Yeah, because like it's obviously funny because like yeah. this this young attractive guy is making out with this Vince Vaughn. Yeah. But like the this is this is the conclusion of a romantic arc. Like the Not emo- quite. 
Kind of. Well, like the conclusion is when he actually kisses her. Yeah, but yeah. like, oh, I, I, I have like my crush. I've won over my crush. Mm. We're kind of a thing now. Mm. So like the emotions that fuel that are real, mm. but you're laughing at the action. So it's like, well, I think that's, I'm slightly confused. Well, by that's this. it, isn't it? It's meant to be jarring and a bit weird. Okay. I mean, ultimately, it's it, it's a cheap laugh so that they can get a kid to kiss Vince Vaughn. Yeah. Right. That's what that scene is for. Mm. Because, yeah, I don't think that character really, or any teenage boy, would. Yes. That, that would be like, oh, I really want to, but you're Vince Vaughn. Yeah. So we'll wait. Um, yeah, maybe it would be the other way around. It's like, I want to kiss you now. It's like, yeah. great. Wait until you get back into your, your hot body first before right. I kiss you as Vince Vaughn. But in a more likable way. So he doesn't yes. come across as a complete douche. Yeah. But, uh, oh, yeah, I guess that's what I would be <laughs> in that situation. No, wait. Yeah. Until you're hot again. Yeah. Um, Female, just I, I went to your female again. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm going for that. Um, I thought it was gonna the I the place I thought it was going, but then looking back and it like no, for such a mainstream middle of the road film in a way, not middle of the road mainstream film, they wouldn't have done this. When they flip back, mm. she didn't quite have like the response to suggest that they had. Yeah, so I like, thought it was going yeah. in that direction. So I've, when she said on the ambulance, she looks a bit like. She doesn't really look that phased. Yeah. And I thought, oh, okay, they've killed her. Yeah. They've shot her in Vince Vaughn's body. And now the big twist at the end of the film is, ha, ha, ha. Because it's a horror film. It's a horror film. And the setting of the sequel, maybe, or whatever. You know, yeah. Which she, he's still trapped in her body. Yeah, that's exactly where I thought it was yeah. going. I'm kind of glad it didn't, really. Yeah. Because I saw yeah. it coming, for one. And, uh, you know, and the fact that... But it did feel weird. Like, when she's back home and in the mother's bed. It's like, what's this building up to? Mm. And I thought that was the reveal. She's going to go back to her room and, and smile devilishly in the mirror. Yeah. But the, no, it was building up to him being in the house. But um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it might have been like in a more straightforward horror film. Yeah. A less goofy horror film. Yeah. Yes, I could see that happening. It might have been like a 10 Cloverfield Lane situation where it's like the ending doesn't really... 100%. This doesn't work yeah. with the film that came before. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I think that's it then. I think that's it. So yeah. we recommend Freaky. We recommend it. Yes. And I think that's it. I think that's it. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was our 50th. <laughs> celebratory yeah, yeah. 50th episode. Nice, shorter than usual for you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. That's that then. All right then. We'll see you on episode 51 when things might be a little bit different. It might be a little bit different. Yeah. <gasps> I can't, I'm saying no more. Why not? Well, because we will actually, by the time this comes out. No. No, it won't. No? Forget it. I'm wrong. You are wrong. No, the, the timing. We, we've we got a plan, all right? <laughs> we've got a plan for you. Apparently, we have Just a plan. Just watch the plan unfold, all <laughs> okay. right? Okay. All right. Well, bye then. All right then. Bye. Bye. Bye.